0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Another exciting day in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, and the craziest thing that's happened started right in the morning when the judge announces right away someone was at the bus pickup for the jury filming them. And this is where I got really let down. The judge was like, oh, but the deputies told him to delete the footage. So we should be good. And then we'll, we'll take precautions. So it doesn't happen again. And I'm just thinking to myself, that's it. They got the jury. There's no deleting video footage. For all we know, they could have stored it in two locations on their phone and said, yeah, here, I deleted it. For all we know, they immediately downloaded an app to recover the deleted video. For all we know, they were streaming it. That's it. Someone knew where the jury was going to be and filmed them. And the judge was just like, all right, we're good. And look, with all due respect to the judge, he seems like a good guy, but he doesn't know tech. He doesn't understand this compromise jury. So we'll talk about that for sure. we got a bunch of other stories, more subpoenas from January 6th. And what I really, really want to get into, because I did talk about this on my other channel this morning, the mainstream media's lies about what's happening in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, some of the most egregious lies, it's, it's, it's shocking. MSNBC completely editing what was testified to about Kyle Rittenhouse, claiming that Gage Grosskreutz testified he had his hands up when he was shot, which never happened. NPR doing the same thing, making these posts on social media, overtly lying. We'll talk about California and how screwed up that place is. We can talk about Project Veritas. We've got a lot of stuff to go through. And joining us today is Steve Hilton. Great to be with you. Do you want to do Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. You want to introduce yourself, let people know. So uh I'm Steve, as you mentioned.
2: You I've got a British accent. What is that about? How can you have (laughs) some ridiculous British accented
1: (laughs) person on your show?
2: So I'm now an American, I'm proud to say, recently, become an American citizen. Um I live in California. I host a show on Fox News called The Next Revolution on Sunday nights. And um have recently started a podcast called California Rebel Base. Um, I can
1: understand getting out of the UK. But then going to California. <laughs> so, we,
2: so it's a long story. It's mainly family related, um, and, and in terms of what my wife was doing at the time. I love California. It is totally great. Very screwed up, as you mentioned. Um, so we got a big fight on, but I'm not, I'm not one of the people leaving. I'm not planning to move to Austin like everyone else seems to be hmm. or, um. I agree with Utah, that. I think Austin's not a, else.
1: we're, we're going to be in Austin next week, but I, I think it's a bad move that everyone's trying to move there. But we'll 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 get into everything. We can yep. we can definitely talk about uh, you know your show. We'll, we definitely should talk about California because Gavin Newsom disappeared for two weeks and then he came back and no one believes him. But we'll we'll get into all that stuff. Okay. We got Luke chilling. Bullocks, I have to say,
3: <laughs> especially with the California news. Howdy, <laughs> I am your glorified and very humble T-shirt vendor. Today I am wearing what I think is a fair depiction of what build back better means with a nice depiction of Klaus Schwab implementing the great reset with the headline, you will own nothing and you will be happy, which you could exclusively get on thebestpoliticalshirts.com.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this discussion. By the way, just mentioning Klaus Schwab, I, I'm, I'm very surprised to hear his name. I haven't heard it in a long time. He actually tried to sue me at one point. So maybe wow, we, really, really? we really need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited about <laughs> that.
4: I'm uh, as a layman. Very, when you showed me the video earlier, Tim had mentioned that the that mainstream media was lying about the dude walking towards, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse with his, with his arms up. Dude, to hear those videos back to back, that's just, it's just mind blowing. We,
1: we have two videos we're gonna play. One is where MSNBC says, he testified his hands were up when he was shot. And then you play the actual video and the defense is like, it wasn't until you pointed the gun at Kyle that he fired on you and he goes, that's correct. How the media can yeah. just lie this way it is amazing so. like we were just chatting
2: about this and and i to be honest i haven't followed the trial and i'm really interested in 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 talking about it and understanding you know all the different things about it that make it interesting and important and when you when you played me the i mean this is like a very extended tease for what you're going to be um right, right. playing because <laughs> it is truly unbelievable and the when you Facebook just played you me are. what you're about to play I I I just couldn't believe, like you know that phrase,
1: jaw dropping. You were like, like something's what? wrong. No, that no, no, you mustn't be.
2: be true. Like this must be there's some mistake because we'll it's get we'll get into it.
1: We'll get into it. Yeah, I mean even Ian's shocked because yeah. yesterday you were saying you thought the media was being uh what did you say like that they were um giving like yeah
4: relative to if the dude had been a black dude that Kyle Rittenhouse had killed and there was like religious fervor, they've been relatively. You know, neutral. Yeah, well, now seems. I'll show you these video clips and this in
3: the so post ridiculous. from APR. Uh, I just want to uh, say, I'm definitely not shocked. I expected this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, it, it gets way worse than you could even imagine.
5: Yes. And I am also here in the corner pushing buttons trying to fix our sound from last night. At least we have sound tonight. That's a nice hey, plus. Yeah, I'm excited to go.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Once we get, we have the mobile studio is basically done. Yes. And we're going to be sending the advanced team to Austin. Then we're going to fly out. Build this mobile studio in the RV. It should be a lot of fun, but hopefully we get sound working in that. Before miss. we get started and all the news, make sure you go to timcast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments. We're gonna have a members-only segment coming up. We usually post them around 11pm every night. That's basically when they go up. And, uh, we have a whole library of content. But also as a member, you're helping support all of our journalists who, they mo- they have independent, uh, uh they're, they're editorially independent. They report on what they wa- want to report on. And I just, you know, I'm, I basically try to look for if I see something wrong. But for the most part, they do a great job. And with your support as a member, we can fund more journalists, do more shows. And that's what we've been doing. So thank you all so much for your support. Don't forget to like this video right now. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. And take that URL up top. Post it everywhere. Tell people to come and hang out. Say, come hang out. We're talking about stuff and news and Kyle Rittenhouse. And don't forget, you can get in your super chats because we read them around 930 or so. That being said, let's pull up the first story and this is the one that actually kind of freaks me out from timcast.com, Rittenhouse jury was recorded outside of the courthouse. Trial judge says Wisconsin judge Bruce Schroeder announced that someone had recorded the jury in Kyle Rittenhouse's trial getting off the bus this morning. The identities of the 18 members of the jury have been sealed and kept anonymous during the trial. On the morning of November 9th, someone was observed recording the group before they arrived by, by uh, arrived by bus, quote, At pickup, there was someone there and video recording the jury, which officers approached the person and required them to delete the video and return the phone to him. Schroeder said, I've instructed that if it happens again, they are to take the phone and bring it here. Something like that should not have occurred. I'm frankly quite surprised it did. The news comes shortly after Cortez Rice, George Floyd's nephew, said in a live stream that he knew there were cameras in the courtroom and that they were, quote, definitely people taking pictures of the jury and everything. Jury selection was difficult because the case extensive media coverage. At least 12 potential jurors were dismissed because they acknowledged they had strong feelings about the case. By November 2nd, 20 people had been selected, including nine men and 11 women. Of the selected group, 12 would serve as jurors, while eight were alternates. Safety concerns were expressed by jury members during the selection process and mentioned fears of riots following the verdict. One juror was dismissed after making a joke. A second juror was dismissed last week due to an issue with her pregnancy. Quote, Rittenhouse is on trial for fatally shooting two men and wounding a third. I think, you know, for the most part, we know a lot of the details about Rittenhouse and the trial, but we'll get into more of the, the, uh, the trial details in a second. This is where I think um, this is where Cal could lose. So we've been talking quite a bit about the trial. We've been talking about how for the past several days uh, and the latest news today is that the prosecution has, has rest. Uh, they, they've rested their case or however the proper term, terminology is. Their case has been rested. And now it's going into the defense. The defense's case in chief. They're now bringing in their witnesses. They brought in the state. So I know, uh, um, you know, Steve, you haven't been following this, but I'll give you some, some context. The state brought in Richie McGinnis. They're, it was their witness, mm-hmm. and he made them look miserable. He said, you know, this guy was attacking Kyle. They brought in another witness who said one of the guys who got shot threatened to kill Kyle. And then they bring in Gage Grosskreutz, who testified that it wasn't until he pointed his gun at Kyle Rittenhouse that he got fired upon. After seeing all of that, my, you know, my answer is like, wow, I, I, my, my prediction is like, he's probably going to get acquitted on most of these charges. He might get a misdemeanor gun charge. He might get a manslaughter charge. But all the murder stuff, it's all out the window. Then we hear that somebody is filming the jury. And we know what that leads to. It's a, its an amazing story. I and, and actually, just as I'm sitting here
2: listening to you and, and, and we were just talking about it, I'm seeing why it's so interesting, um, and how you've got this situation where there's a narrative, and the narrative has to be upheld at all costs. You know, this is what happens with the media, as we know, and yet the facts just one by one start to but chip crazy. away at it. And when you talk about the jury, I mean, that is that's really scary. That, that I mean, why why is that even allowed to happen? I mean, what what are the details of that in terms of like. Where where they were filmed, and shouldn't they be have the the bus pick up more, Yeah, but the what, jury's being picked up. How by do they the know deputies? where that is? What's right. That, what's that about? That
1: right. They can... So we have this viral video where they're basically saying, "We know who the jury is." This guy it sounds like he's saying, "If the jury doesn't give them the verdict they want, they're going to target them." And we saw that during the Chauvin trial with uh, the the George Floyd cop, you know Derek mm-hmm. Chauvin. They they were riding in the streets. People had to be brought into the courtroom with armed police. Someone – one of the witnesses' houses was, was covered in blood, like a pig's head or something, but he had moved from there. But they're they're targeting the, the jury and the they witnesses. They should uh,
4: with, treat targeting jurors as targeting children for, for legal purposes. I'd love to see
2: people but there just must be some hammer down. There must be big – I mean, when the judge says, oh, I'm surprised and well, – what did he say? disappointed I don't know what he said. I'm what, surprised what, this so, happened. You know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. I mean, isn't yeah. there – to your point, isn't there a – um, isn't this a crime? He doesn't okay, get it. D- d- yeah. Obstru- intimidating a jury. Is, Obstruction of justice? Isn't could, it? Could I don't know. I mean, one I'm of them. absolutely miles but, but from being yeah. a lawyer. There must be something. It's
3: interesting that he's surprised because I'm not. If, if you're looking at this story online on social media there's a whole bunch of people threatening the jury. There's a whole bunch of people threatening that there's going to be rioting. There's going to be huge protests in response if they don't get the decision that they want to get in this specific trial. So, I mean, he shouldn't be surprised because this is a high profile yeah. case that the world is watching right now this is this is going to be significant because you see the party lines split yeah. you see the agendas you see the narratives and people are playing this off as a, a part of the larger political wars that are happening in this country that are becoming more dangerous to be played
1: i i think it's it's sad to see the judge really doesn't know what's going on mm. and it's not a, it's not a judge's job to watch the news and understand politics in this country but for him to be like, "Oh, somebody was filming the jury. That's strange." It's like, "Yo, they these Whoa. people were burning down buildings, smashing windows, and they were pushing a dumpster, a flaming dumpster, into a towards a gas station." And this and this judge doesn't understand that these are political extremists. Well, you don't
2: you don't know that the the, the, the people doing that were the people filming. But I mean, the the fact is that they the that it was filmed at all by anyone is so like. Antithetical to everything that people think about how the justice system works should work. Yeah, and but so these on. people, I mean, these look, you know, and actually, there's a broader point to your point, which is that the revolutionaries they keep saying over and over again, again, going back to the narrative that you know the right and the Trump, you know, Trump trumpets and whatever are sort of you know undermining democracy and threatening violence and and all this kind of stuff it's it's the ex, it's the exact yeah. opposite on so many occasions and it, it reminds and me actually how that of, it reminds me of the um do you remember around the uh, election night when it was always about um when, when they were boarding up the cities yeah um everyone's like boarding up you, you had those pictures of new york being boarded up in 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 the event that there would be rioting on the on the election night well wh- who were they boarding it up Against yeah, there's not a lot of Trump
1: supporters in New York,
2: and it was it's the same sort of story. It's always, it's 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 actually the louder they they push a particular message, the more clear it is that actually is the direct opposite of what's really going on.
1: Isn't it? Isn't that crazy? I mean, Russia Gate. Hmm. Everything I mean, like, the Democrats were saying, were, they were projecting what they had done on Trump and Trump supporters. When it comes to the violence all day, every day, the media keeps saying the right wing and the far right and the white supremacists. And it's just like, where, when? I mean, there's been a couple of bad, you know, really, really bad incidents with with the fringe far right or whatever.
5: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you
5: lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: But it's like you get Antifa riots for with a 100 plus days of them firebombing a federal building. And yet... We, we now know at the Rittenhouse trial, the FBI had evidence that these people had committed crimes, that the prosecutor in the Rittenhouse case knew that one of Kyle Rittenhouse's attackers was illegally concealing a weapon. And in, the prosecutors instructed the police not to use, to, to, to uh, execute a search warrant against his phone. I mean, the whole thing is crooked, and it's always been crooked. And the scariest part about it is that when they come out and they lie about it, or, or more importantly, When the judge doesn't understand, he's like, wow, I'm surprised someone was filming our jury. It's like, your honor, they will kill the jurors if they have the opportunity more. But 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 I will stress that that is hyperbolic. What these people do, because they're smarter than this, as much as people don't want to give them credit, is they know that in order to effectively engage in terror, you can't take life. What What the far left does is sustained low tier terrorism smashing windows, starting fires, beating people, things that won't get national headlines, but will scare people into bending the knee and giving into their politics. So when Antifa can go out for 100 plus days in Portland, smashing windows and beating people, is guy gets punched in face a, a national headline? No. So Antifa and these far left extremists know they can go out, punch random people, those people will then become scared to say anything because no one will tell their story and the police won't do anything about it. Then Antifa is emboldened and the far leftists keep doing more and more stuff like this. So yeah. what, the purpose of filming the jury isn't actually to cause them harm. It's to cause the fear of the harm. The fear. No, it's a total okay. intimidation tactic.
2: It's incredibly scary that that's, that, that that's actually I mean that's going on
1: and sounds like nothing's going to happen. No, no, no. And the judge was like, "Oh, I told him to delete it." And it's like, so they ha- they still have the footage. Mm. I'll say I'll say one thing. I'll throw it to you before I throw it to you, Luke. Yeah. The uh, uh, the fear of pain is actually more powerful in a tor- in torture than the pain itself. So uh, you you'll read this about like the CIA torturing people. They know putting the fear that pain is coming is more likely to get you results than actually in you know inflicting pain on someone. When someone's feeling the pain, they, they're actually like, "Oh, okay, I can endure this." before they receive it. So filming the jury is basically the threat. They want these people to be living in fear so that they just say, I don't want to stick my neck out for this. Guilty, guilty, guilty.
3: There was also many instances where the, the authorities stood down when there was widespread criminality, looting, burning, robbing people, assaulting people, police officers, literally standing down sometimes even seeing the incidences not doing anything during this hot summer that we had of course last year during all the rioting and you know you know there was even instances where people's civil rights were violated because someone had a different opinion police officer said well there's a mob here they're rioting we have to uh, violate your civil rights because we don't feel like dealing with any problems with any issues and we would like to think that public opinion doesn't sway juries doesn't sway court proceedings it does as much as money does because here in the united states if you have a lot of money, if you have also the public opinion, if you have all the
1: institutions behind you, you could buy a lot of justice. And the police will always err on the side of whatever's easier. Hmm. So I, yeah. I, I said this years ago, and I, I warned all these, you know, these, these back-the-blue conservatives, if Black Lives Matter or Antifa shows up to your house, the cop is going to look at the mob, look at you, and say it's easier to, to arrest you in your own home than it is to deal with a violent mob or a riot. And we've actually seen that there was a guy in Wisconsin, Black Lives Matter shows up to his house. The same group had previously set fire to another house and they're protesting. The Mm. police end up showing up. So this guy in his window brandishes a shotgun at the crowd. The police show up and arrest him to cheers of Black Lives Matter Antifa, which is funny because they're the defund the police crowd. But when the police are coming and serving them and arresting a guy in his own home because they were protesting him, they cheer for it. That's the that's the power they want. So I, people need to realize this. The cops will absolutely, with a smile on their face, kick you in the teeth if it means.
2: Well, I totally agree. It's, it's so funny you say that because I remember when when in 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 the beginning of the pandemic, and you had cops going around, you know, arresting people and being in, unbelievably aggressive towards like mums with their kids in mm-hmm. the playground, what all that stuff. I say, well, actually, you know, we every. This is just all of this kind of behavior, this kind of authoritarian behavior in any direction is just going to undermine confidence um, in the police. And we all, you know, you want order. You want the police that police, you want everyone to have confidence in it. And when you go around behaving like that, um, w- when you're not doing the central job, which is to uphold the law equally with the same kind of approach to everyone, people start to lose easier. confidence. And then you just the, everything starts to fall apart. It's
1: actually a real disaster. It's just about what's easier. Yeah, can can two cops who pull up in a squad car deal with fifty angry people throwing stones? Hmm. No, but can they arrest you? Yes, and then there's nothing to protest anymore. Wait,
2: can I just ask on the jury thing? Like, did, would they know that just on on, on the extent of the intimidation? Uh, would they be aware that this happened? I mean, may would I, mean, I don't think that, seeing the person would they have
1: seen this story? You know, how's it all played out? So they're not. The, the jury's instructed not to read news about the case, not to discuss it with <clears throat> anyone. And for the most part, that typically works. They're not sequestered. But there you are getting onto a bus and someone walks up filming you and you know exactly what that means because the jurors know that their identities are kept anonymous. They know why their identities are kept secret. So when someone films you, you know it's no longer a secret no matter what the the, the judge says. And these people, like like you know, we mentioned in the story, a lot of these people know the full weight of what's going on with, with the Rittenhouse trial and they have strong feelings about it. So I think the jury is now... So you never
2: see the jury. on. We were talking never. about this. It's all on the trials being... You can watch the trials. So you never see the jury. never well, know. You don't want now. any jury intimidation. I yeah. mean, these That's people right. are deciding that reason, the faith
3: exactly. of, of Kyle. And if some of them are intimidated or harassed or no, totally. extorted or even bought off yeah. um, or even, you know, threatened, uh, you
2: have, you know, a legal system that, of course... It's actually a really up. shocking story. I mean, the, you know, the, like...
3: I mean, NPR it's, It just did. Yeah. NPR's headline uh, about this on their Facebook page was absolutely just uh, astounding. I couldn't believe it was true. Uh, <laughs> of course, it was being shared around. I had to go on their Facebook page just to verify that this was real. But
1: their understanding of the court proceedings yesterday was just totally let me, the opposite of reality. Yeah. Let me let me I, I want to pull that up. But I want to start with MSNBC because I want to show you this video. This is a video from MSNBC legal expert, Kyle Rittenhouse trial judge statements call into question possible bias. I'm going to play two videos for you guys. The mainstream media's coverage of this and then what was actually said during the trial. So let me play this clip. Grosskreutz
4: acknowledged that he was armed with a pistol, but says his hands were raised when he was shot by Rittenhouse.
1: All right. I'm going to play that one more time for you. Make sure we we get it. I, I think the audio is coming through. It's Coming out of the TV.
5: Sure,
4: yeah. Grosskreutz acknowledged that he was armed with a pistol, but says his hands were raised when he was shot by Rittenhouse.
1: Okay, just to clarify, this is the readout show. I'm not sure who this this particular guy is. Saying that Grosskreutz. That's Jonathan Capehart, I believe. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. He, he said that Grosskreutz testified his hands were up when he was shot. Here's the viral clip we all saw. Hopefully this uh, the audio will come through pretty well.
0: It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, and he fired, right?
1: Correct. Oh, shit! Aside from the uh, <laughs> exclamations so <laughs> from Ricardo Law and everybody, I mean, I, I, you, can, you can hear it. The, the, the defense says it wasn't until you pulled your gun advanced on him, you know, put your hands down, pointed at, put the gun at him that he shot you. And Grosskreutz says, correct. How MSNBC reported on TV that he testified his hands were up when he was shot is insane. They just outright lied about what happened in that trial. So here's the crazy thing. If you're watching someone like Raquetta Law and you're, you're, you know, you're watching all their legal commentary, you're watching a show like this. I mean, we'll play for you the video. Here's what gets where it gets really, really crazy. In this video from MSNBC, after what he says, they don't actually show the real testimony from Gage Grosskreutz. Here's what they show.
4: I thought that the defendant was um, an active shooter. And like I had mentioned earlier, anytime you add a firearm to the equation, like I said, the the stakes are so much higher. Okay,
1: I'm just going to stop right there. He's not talking about when he was shot. He's saying the stakes are higher because the defendant brought a gun. He brought a gun too. Illegally, I might add. Now, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, the legality, the, the statutory laws they have on restricting gun rights. But here's a guy who is, is criticizing Kyle Rittenhouse, who has actually a legal argument about whether or not he was allowed to carry the weapon. There's an exception that the defense is claiming for someone under the age of 18 carrying a rifle in public. They say the law actually says 16, 7 year olds are exempt. So maybe. But it's for the jury to decide. That's what the judge said. This dude had a concealed uh, Glock, forty caliber, in his waistband illegally, and he's criticizing Rittenhouse. M- the most important thing, though, because we can talk about th- the Rittenhouse trial itself, this is MSNBC. Yeah. It, this lying. Is amazing. Then showing you a totally yeah. unrelated clip. Mm-hmm. This is not him talking about when he was shot. It's him criticizing someone else having a gun. And they omit the fact that this dude was armed as well. I mean, well, I take that back. They did mention he was armed. They said his hands were up. And then if you actually watch the trial, if you are watching the full trial or people like Rakeda Law, actual trustworthy individuals, you will know exactly what he said, that he pointed the gun at Rittenhouse. Now, let me pull up NPR because Luke brought up NPR. Look at this on Facebook yesterday at 1245 p.m. NPR posted Gage Grosskreutz. The only person who survived being shot by Kyle Rittenhouse last year at a chaotic demonstration in Kenosha, Wisconsin, took the stand at Rittenhouse's homicide trial. He acknowledged that he was armed the pistol on the evening of August 25th, 2020, but that his hands were raised when he was shot by Rittenhouse. Never happened. He never testified that. He approached Kyle Rittenhouse with a gun in his hand, and he put his hands up. Rittenhouse then lowers the rifle. He then points the gun at Kyle, and then Kyle fires in self-defense. All of that was testified to by Gage Grosskreutz, and MSNBC and NPR both reported the opposite. So that's what I wanted to get into
2: here, because the the, the, the details and the sequence, because so I just want to really understand it, because it's so shocking, actually. Um, even, you know, I watch a lot of this stuff because, you know, I have a show on cable news, and you know, I, I I keep an eye on all these shows, and they you know, there's a lot of stuff where you can say, well, that's just propaganda, and that that's just the narrative that's being put. This is really, really uh, dishonest uh, in the in the Look most at, disgusting. Do but you remember I, the Covington kids? Yeah, exactly. But I just want before we get to that, I I just want to sort of make sure I've really understood the sequence here, right? This was was it yesterday? This was uh, I believe this was testif- testimony from yesterday, right? And that show clip that MSNBC that was last night. Is that, actually so I, there's no is yes. there any I just want to make sure we're being fair like there's no confusion where they're reporting
1: on a, I don't know a different day of the trial and there's some no, this other
2: is, thing that could be going on here this or, is
1: from their show last night so the trial concludes around uh 5 to 6 p.m. and MSNBC and NPR and that clip yeah.
2: from the of that guy saying what he did was that day and that's yes. how they reported on it yes it's and it amazing. went viral and can yeah. i just ask another question I mean, was there a point in the in his testimony where he where he also said his hands were up but he never said that he was shot when his hands were up no so he he, they, he so it's not it's not literally untrue he, he did say his hands were up but he also said that at the point when he was so, shot he was pointing the gun well he was asked, he never yeah.
1: testified That he was shot when he put his hands in the air. He never, never said that. Right. He said, to get very specific, Gage Grosskreutz says he believed that Rittenhouse wasn't accepting his surrender and tried to fire a round, but the gun misfired. So he re-racked it, clearing the chamber and chambering a new round, and that's when he advanced on him with the gun. There was never a point where Gage Grosskreutz said, I approached him, put my hands in the air, and then he shot my arm. But he it it, it, it just it, it just didn't happen. I mean, he tried to dance around it for sure. Mm. When the defense asked him, like you were pointing your gun at Kyle Rittenhouse and then he shot you, Gage Grosskreutz goes, no. And then the and then the defense goes, here's a photo of you. What does that look like? And he's like, that's me getting my arm bicep vaporized. And he goes, and what you know, what are what where's your gun pointed? And he's like, it's pointed at the defendant or something to that effect. And then he was like, and then Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, fired. And he goes, correct. And he goes. So it was only after you advanced on Kyle with your gun drawn pointed at him that he fired
0: on you. Yes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>
1: How they were able to report what they did is 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 beyond me. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an NPR
2: it's, is in a way. I mean, it's, it's public. It's, I'll tell, I'll tell you good. this. I'll
1: tell you this. Shouldn't NPR at the very least let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. that they made a mistake. Why didn't they delete the Facebook post? Mm. It's still up. It's or, still live. or
3: issue a correction, which you're supposed to do as journalists when you get something wrong. So this yeah. is either one of two things: either they're absolutely criminally negligent and just absolutely idiotic and stupid which uh, is possible because they are partly funded by uh, the state. Second, th- they're criminally involved here with nefarious purposes trying to cover up the true reality of a situation, denying people the truth in order to push an, an agenda that has previously caused chaos and riots in the streets of the United so, States. Either of, do, uh, either of the, those two well, cases, I, is the th- should, I they think should be held I, accountable I just for. want to
2: I right. speak to that a bit because I just think that's, that's the, the key point here, which is the well, you've got to assume that that, that somebody there did watch the whole thing and saw what we just heard about the real about the full um, picture that was described in that testimony and, and made an editorial decision not to include that incredibly important factor you call they, it simple, they call it siding
1: with the audience right
2: so it's definitely i think it's you, you've got to assume that it's a deliberate editorial decision to, to and and why because they as you said they want to uh they're pushing a narrative which is incredibly important this is the really really destructive thing i think is that they is that they're doing it knowing full well the tensions around this case how you know how kind of this whole issue anything like this everyone's just on eggshells you've got the threat violence all around in the air and the threats of it and yet they're they're making it worse by what's deliberately uh, distorting
1: things i mean it's so irresponsible what what? what's the old saying if it bleeds it leads it's just really perhaps
2: reckless and irresponsible but it, this is not, this is not, this is, this is torture. I don't, I don't think it's <laughs>
1: reckless and irresponsible. I think it's deliberate well, and, and yeah, that as well.
2: But I mean, the fact that they don't stop themselves from doing it, um, knowing full well. They, they want that the violence. Riot Riots are good ratings for these people. I don't, I, I don't
1: believe that. I don't, I, I, I don't really think that. I, I think that they, they, I think the judge and I think regular people underestimate the evil. And 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 it's and it's a bold thing to say because I I don't take the word evil lightly, but when I when I watch this guy Gage Grosskreutz, testifying and you get the defense cross examining him and you really understand his motives, he's suing the city for ten million dollars. That means in order to win, he needs this conviction. And now he's up on on you know testifying mm-hmm. and lying nonstop, and the defense keeps catching him in lies. Yeah, I in, in fact, it, the so state. This is the state's witness. And one of the craziest moments in the trial, in my opinion, was when the state said they played a video and then the the prosecutor goes, at this point, Mr. Grosskreutz, you have drawn your pistol. And Grosskreutz goes, no. And he's like, there's you on video holding the gun. And he goes, yes. So at this point, you drew your pistol. And he goes, yes. I'm like, the dude was just outright lying the whole time. You know what I think? The prosecutor instructed the police not to execute a search warrant against him because they knew it would hurt their case against Kyle Rittenhouse. That was that was where the politics was swinging. The outrage was towards Kyle, not towards Gage Gage Grosskreutz, who is one of the who should actually be criminally charged for the gun, for the attack. And there's a lot to break down in in, in what happened with this trial. But Gage Grosskreutz knows I'm not going to make myself look bad on the stand. He's not charging me. He won't be able to charge me. He's already thrown his hat, you know, in against Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm not going to say anything to make myself look bad if I don't have to. So now the state is actually having to call out their own witness on lies because he has no obligation to support them in their case. And he's been lying nonstop. I mean, the craziest thing is when the defense said, you are suing, you're demanding $10 million from, I believe it's from the city. And he goes, that is correct. And then he's like, and the outcome of this trial will have an effect. And he's like, yes. They stopped short of saying he wanted Kyle to be convicted because it would help him. Because then they objected, the state objected, and the and the judge was like, sustained. You know, don't you know speculate as to what he he, he knows. But I think it's fairly obvious this dude, he 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 knew what he was doing. I want I want to talk about something related to this trial too. Here's what people need to understand about Gage Grosskreutz and his attack on Kyle Rittenhouse. We are all approaching this story about Kyle with hindsight. From the moment the story happened, we had video footage of that night and we all heard, the first thing we heard was that people had been shot. So when we did this show with several of the reporters on scene, including one of the key witnesses, Richie McGinnis, we already knew people had been shot and killed. Now think about what happened that night, however, and what these individuals were thinking as this event was going down. This is where the defense nailed the star witness for the prosecution, like actually, just destroy one of the things they did to destroy the case from the state. They actually got him to testify. He did not have any reason to attack Kyle Rittenhouse. So again, I'll stress this point. Hopefully, you know uh, some people I've tried to explain this to have been confused by it, but I think most people are smart enough to get it. When we look at the story about Kyle Rittenhouse, it's with the benefit of hindsight. We know people had been shot. We know where they were shot. We know how it went down. We know who was chasing Kyle. We know Kyle was putting out a fire and then Rosenbaum threatened him and chased after him. Gage Grosskreutz testified he was running after Kyle Rittenhouse. He really didn't like the word chasing. He asked Kyle what happened. Kyle said, I'm going to get the police. Gage Grosskreutz testified he thought Kyle said, I'm working with the police. His own words Mm -hmm. is what he said. He then said that Kyle said, I didn't do anything. Gage Grosskreutz, who is, the, the, he, just for those that aren't familiar, key witness for the state and one of the people shot by Kyle Rittenhouse, was running alongside and filming Kyle Rittenhouse and testified. He said, Kyle said, I'm working with the police. That's what he thought he said. He didn't say that, that's what he thought he said. Grosskreutz then turned back and ran the other direction. When everyone started chasing after Kyle Rittenhouse, Grosskreutz then turned around and ran back towards Kyle, and is seen on video pulling back his shirt and drawing the pistol from his waistband. What's important here is at this point, the star witness testified that this person said he was working with the police, and because of that knowledge, or in, in, you know, considering that knowledge, he was going to draw his pistol on this individual. If someone tells you they're a cop or working with the police. Would you pull a gun on them?
5: He ran away first, right?
1: Rittenhouse, yeah, he, 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 so Rittenhouse is running, he's running alongside him. Gross Kreutz runs back the other direction and at some point stops and turns around and runs back.
5: Mm-hmm. What
1: the defense got Gross Kreutz to acknowledge is that he had not seen a shooting. He had no evidence to believe that Kyle Rittenhouse shot anybody. He didn't know what Kyle Rittenhouse was doing or why. The only thing he knew, and this is his testimony, was that Kyle Rittenhouse was working with the police. Mm-hmm. He decided to chase after Kyle Rittenhouse, point a gun at him. It sounds like his intention was to kill a cop. Now, he was incorrect. In the video footage, Gross testified in hindsight. Upon watching the footage, I realized he said, I'm going to get the police. But he told the police he thought Rittenhouse was working with them. If you thought someone was working with the police, not an active shooter, why would you charge at them with your gun drawn? This guy was not a hero. He was not trying to stop an active shooting. He was trying to kill someone he thought was a police informant or working with the police in some way that strikes at the heart of what the prosecution has been saying, trying to push this narrative that it was a bunch of, you know, good Samaritans trying to stop an active shooter. The important thing here, just to, just to reiterate on the stand, Grosskreutz testified he had no reason to believe Rittenhouse was an active shooter. In fact, he believed he was working with the police. That's crazy. Well all I can say is you really have
2: been following it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing kind of um summary of what I mean I that's that's really, really I mean everything about that is is just so interesting and I think that um I don't know, it, it it's it's showing me what you know this is so important because it's going to you have to hope that a you know a, a legal process like this when you've got such a high profile um and You know, a a situation that is so ripe for exploitation and can go in such horrible directions is going to be conducted properly and fairly and according to the law that you've got to hope that the judge is doing a good
1: job. I think the judge is doing a good job. He he, he's dismissed. You know, uh, he's denied some some uh, motions by the defense. Mm -hmm. He's been fair to uh, the, the prosecution, I believe. And the extremists the activists the ideologues won't accept it well the media is building a completely different story here
3: and if you're online if you're in a certain echo chamber you're getting a <laughs> totally different perspective of this criminal court case than you would from any other perspective so social media just uh just doubling down on this narrative that they're running uh, is truly something that is going to be very important here because it may sway uh, the jury it may sway this entire situation in a in a way where there isn 't any justice and and Steve, just to address your your point about uh, the malice and the media here, mm-hmm. uh, we have to understand when there was rioting. The mainstream media, the corporate media, they were pouring fuel on the fire. They were
1: peaceful protests.
3: They were calling it. Yeah, yeah. They were calling them peaceful protests. They were showing footage of George Floyd dying over and over and over again. They were psychologically programming and hyping people up to go out there into the streets and to riot and to create chaos. Dozens of people died with the mainstream media applauding and cheering it on, looking the other way when people died. Uh, so, so when it comes you know, to that element, when it comes to them being that malicious, I mean, look at WMDs. Look at so many times the mainstream media has been malicious, and yeah, the, there's elements that the, here that that, that they, they need to be called out for their criminality.
2: Look, I think you describe, you know, what you're describing exa- is exactly what happened. I think that the just in terms of mo- like I cannot speak for that. That my, my sense, however, is that all that um, narrative around that time was driven by. I mean, it's actually part of the whole way in which the kind of woke ideology has just infected so much of uh, of America's establishment institutions and the media absolutely part of that. And so I think it was just this instant reaction, which was to say, the people that we see protesting, wh- whether peacefully or violently, um, are protesting in the name of racial justice. We have to be for racial justice. We can't be against racial justice. And therefore, anything that happens... In, in that that is in in the name of racial justice we have to support i support racial justice i support real things to advance racial justice like school reform whatever i don't, don't want to get into that now but um they i think that's why that was the motivation it was just this blanket sense of like we have this is our I, side yeah. we have to be on this side so what does that mean we totally amplify the um peaceful protest part of it and we kind of ignore the violent part of it.
3: I, I kind of disagree with you because if there was a person of color or a woman speaking out against the violence or the insanity... They would viciously attack them, ruthlessly in the most unfair ways imaginable. They would send hate mobs against them on the line, and and they would they would use them as, as an example of what you're not supposed to think, what you're not supposed to say. And it didn't matter if they were black, if they were white. They went after them if they countered the agenda and the narrative. So the social justice warrior aspect is not something that that I believe they truly believe in. I think they believe in power, and well, I think okay. they will do no, anything that's a, to good, achieve it. It's a good
2: point. Yeah. I think that they. Okay, let's be more precise. Yeah. So not like real racial justice, it's the virtue signaling about racial justice. That's actually what, 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 what is important uh, to them. And that's why they can't stand it when you have for example, you know, r- black conservatives making an argument. It's the thing they hate the most because it, it totally undermines the foundations of the new ideology that's infected them, which is this wokeism. And so when you have people making really smart arguments about how, which I totally agree and I've given a platform to, which is to say, look, if we really want to advance, you know, if we want to sort of fight racial, um, ra- racial, racially, um, clear gaps on, uh, wealth or income inequality poverty school then you know there's real policies you can advance to achieve that they happen to typically be conservative policies and the evidence shows that but that's not an argument they want to have they don't because care they about, lose it
1: they don't care about racial justice wokeism is not about racial justice no i
2: totally agree it's about it's a well i mean i did a whole piece on my show about the history of it um which origin and i feel very strongly about it because my parents are hungarian all my family's in hungary my um my everyone you know they they um uh were refugees in the revolution in 1956 against the 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 soviet invasion and so all my life i've been kind of steeped in in that you know hungary wasn't the worst example of communist control but it was in, in, in many ways eastern europe the best but actually i've really spent a lot of time Looking at that and studying it. And one of the most interesting things about wokeism is that when you actually trace it all back, you know, from the, from the writers who've been pushing it now, right from, you know, Ibrahim Kendi and Robin DiAngelo and then going back to Kimberly Crenshaw, you know, the whole intellectual history of it, it goes right back to 1920s Germany, yeah. the Frankfurt School, where there was a bunch of um, Marxist philosophers who got together to say, well, why is it that Marxist theories didn't actually lead to the communist, the proletarian revolution that we thought, actually maybe apart from in Russia where it kind of went slightly, you know, it had to be imposed by force. Why hasn't everyone risen up all around the world? Well, it's because it's not just about economics. Here are the other things that the bourgeoisie used to keep the proletariat down, faith, family, and culture. So actually those are the things we need to attack and undermine. And that's that's the origin of all of this. And so it's exactly as you said, it's about power because what they want is to have total control and power over you. They don't want you, to, as in, to be loyal to anyone except the state. They don't want you to be loyal to your family, to your community, to to your your church or whatever it may be. It's all about the state. You see it literally being played out now in China. Um, it's not now in China. Well, they they it's being recreated by Xi. I'm talking about you know the Cultural Revolution. Now, everywhere you look, that is the motivation, um, behind these kind of uh, extremist communist yeah. ideologies and that this is playing out here with the with the but, wokeism when people say that you know it's oh it's you can't call them commun-. no they're not literally communist they don't want to confiscate your property but the intellectual origin of it is in that same place
1: i i i would agree with you but i think wokeism has evolved into something meaningless and so what the problem is there are a lot of um, more uh, philosophically mature individuals who can look at the, the literature, look at uh, uh, the Frankfurt School, look at critical race theories, origins, Kimberly Crenshaw, Derek Bell, et cetera, and the things they've said, and try to make sense of it. The problem is, while these things may have been contributing factors to what wokeism has become, wokeism is more akin to a fire. It is reckless. It is wild. It spreads. It consumes and destroys And if you take a look at a lot of the big cancel culture moments of the past decade, they actually don't align towards any ideology. So my favorite example of the contradictions of the woke are when... There was a a women's organization that tweeted the word wimicsen.
2: Oh yes, I remember so yeah. by the way, so did Elizabeth Warren. That's the moment where I thought, oh my like Elizabeth but, Warren but, but, hold- sets herself up as this great intellectual <laughs> uh you know, policy person, and then what is she doing? Just
1: total well, pandering, madness. But, so this organization tweets the word W O M X N. <laughs> I remember that it's like Adherents of Wokism though said that's offensive. How dare you create a different word that implies trans women are not women. And so now you simultaneously have the word woman being non-inclusive and being inclusive and Wimickson being both simultaneously not exclusive and inclusive. There is no appropriate thing you can say that can be determined to be acceptable to woke other than to drop to your knees and adhere to the power structures. There's no moral framework. There's no logic guiding their principles. It is just we win, period. It is more like a swarm of wasps than any functioning ideology. Yeah. And and, and again, I'll stress when we look at the Frankfurt School and we look at, you know, Weimar Germany and Antifa and the the anti-fascist, you know, protection rampart, the Berlin Wall and all of the history that leads today. Smart people, mathematically oriented people are trying to calculate and analyze and they're missing what's really going on, a chaotic, destructive force that will say and do anything to win i think I,
2: I, that 's very I, I agree with um, with that, and I think that the other bit i 'd add to it is the way that so many is the, co-op, the way that so many institutions have been co opted into it in a totally superficial way, uh, particularly if you think about corporate america i think that 's a really great example where. The the way that this has spread, like Wildfire, your analogy is a good one, through corporate America. And they suddenly kind of announced we're going to have their training sessions and Robin DiAngelo's the set text and all this kind of stuff. They haven't thought about it. Those, you know, the the HR departments and the c they haven't sort of bothered to read. It's just like, oh, this you know, we better do this because everyone's going on about it and our employees are going to, you know, and we've got this vocal minority of our employees who are saying, why aren't we doing our training or whatever it may be, or social media, a few vocal people. And so they're all going for it without even giving it a moment's thought. It's totally superficial. And it's the, that's why the virtue signaling, I think, is just such a big part of it. It's
1: meaningless. It's, it's just, are you in line with the cult or not? And if you're a part of the exactly cult, right. then... Yes. Exactly. The well, swarm will attack. I, I think a lot of this chaos is deliberate.
3: I, I, the first thing that comes to mind is, is the famous saying, order out of chaos. And when you look at a lot of very prominent uh, elites, whether it's Ted Turner, Henry Kissinger, Reich, Rockefeller, they're the ones that were very instrumental in opening up China to the world and cheering on what what, uh, yes. what was happening during the Cultural Revolution and their population control efforts. And you see a lot of these very powerful individuals also now call for the Great Reset, to, to build back better and implement similar policies that are essentially are creating the Western world into being this kind of Orwellian, Chinese uh social credit score system that i think that they've been trying to do here and i think one way that they will be successful in doing that is by dividing and conquering having people fight each other on trivial differences mm. on absolute nonsense as they get away uh with, with pulling off this this great reset as everyone is is chaotic what and you, can, fighting can each you
2: other. can you just talk about i've heard that phrase and i i don't really know no. what it what you what which what you phrase, mean by which, which, which phrase, phrase? The great reset i know is that a what is that? Well, that's that's a phrase used by many powerful individuals,
3: especially within the World Economic Forum, by individuals like Klaus Schwab. Uh, there's a a lot of corporate heads. There's a lot of billionaires. There's um, uh, you know even the Pope came out said that he's making a corporate coalition of people in industry that will put on the Great Reset. Uh, the World Economic Forum described it as people owning nothing, having no privacy, and being happier than ever. And uh, this is, of course, oh, so it's
2: their phrase. The, the,
3: the, yes, the, yes, the yes, devil, yes, yes, yes. The and, and, and then you see many prominent politicians say we need to implement the Great Reset. We're here to build back better. Biden's policy, his, quote, infrastructure bill is literally called the Build Back Better plan, where he right. talks about, you know, printing trillions of dollars and, yeah. and spending it on equity efforts and other social climate issues that, of course, are the absolute opposite of what they right. pretend to be. So so, so Klaus Schwab, lo- lo- I, I want to
2: yeah. go on. Uh, I'll give you this. No, I just version. get very excited
1: every time we, I see the world at Davos. I get. I anyway. Here, here's a simple version. We have right here this website <laughs> worldeconomicforum.org yep. slash great dash reset. Yep. This is something on their website. It's, not right. cons- it's amazing. The, the media. That's why the I'm media has yeah. tried covering it up, claiming it was a conspiracy theory. The gist of it is, they. they so I'll, I'll tell you. They put out a video. It said, "You will own nothing, and you will be happy by 2030." They wrote an article where they said like your living room will be used for business meetings when you're not around. You won't own things. You'll just use things that are available to you. You'll have no home or bedroom. People will come and use your stuff as however they see fit. What they're ultimately trying to say is. They what think does it say that global. What is it? Stakeholders to call? global stake. Uh, the, there is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID nineteen crisis blah, to blah, improve blah, blah, blah. the state of the world. The World Economic Forum <laughs> is starting the Great Reset initiative. <laughs> 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 you will own nothing. Where, and where, you do you, will where be are you happy. getting that from? That's this so is the World Economic Forum. No, no, no. The, you will own nothing. What's that about? So well, that's that's a a video they produced and ultimately deleted, that said the 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 famous line from it put it on twitter you nothing you will own nothing was that an you will an opinion from one of their people was it yes.
2: was their corporate view
1: it's it's their official view it was it was an official world economic forum statement that was put out okay round 2 name something that's
0: not boring
2: a laundry oh a book club
0: computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino
1: so that not, you take a look at what joe biden has been doing he wants to shut down another oil pipeline he shuts down keystone he bans fracking the uh, with with the, por- the crisis at the ports with the crisis of inflation with the constant lies from the media first they said there's no inflation then yeah. they said there's some inflation it's not a big deal it's transitory it's, it's transitory mm-hmm. yeah. then they said it's going to end now they're saying it's here to stay now they're saying inflation's actually a good thing so what's happening is all across yeah. the board, there's a labor shortage, there's a product shortage, there's an energy crisis in the U.S. And I got to tell you, no, it's, it's in, it, may, yeah. it may be conspiratorial, but when they come out and say, build back better is the slogan of, of, of their project in the Great Reset, and then Joe Biden says, we're going to build back better, and this is the build back better bill, isn't it more absurd? Wouldn't Occam's razor suggest that to deny they're actively trying but to destroy the economy would be the conspiracy? No, I don't think that. I think that, you know, I, I want
2: to, look, I want to be fair to what I think they mean, um, which is, and actually I, I suspect underlies this, even though they've, I mean, I can't stand Davo. He tried to sue me because I, I wrote some piece about him being totally corrupt, which he is. He is, yeah. Um, and um, and I've had firsthand experience of it in terms of how you know, they approach participants in the conference you know and how he's siphoned off the money um and i wrote put it in a newspaper article which i think the headline was something like attending davos should be as shameful as as running a sweatshop or something mm. whatever anyway mm. he went nuts and the whole thing um but then um the you know, with with the build back, so i'm very happy to like have a go at davos any moment of any day with the bill but i think what they what certainly what they're getting at, i think and i would say not all of this is crazy is to say that what you've seen as a result of the pandemic, um, is all sorts of things that are broken about how we organise the economy and, and and society that actually we could do with fixing. One really obvious example of that, I think, is our dependence on China. The fact that so many of the you know, pharmaceuticals are made in China, and so on. You know, I think that that's a great example of something that the, the pandemic has revealed to everyone. I mean, I've been making that argument for a long time yeah. in my first book. Except, I argued except decoupling from China. You yeah. know,
1: except now what what Joe Biden's policies. No, are I'm not saying he's back. doing it's, the right it's, thing. It's, yeah. it's actually bolstering and emboldening okay. China.
2: But let's just try and be fair. So, I think what they th- that's an example. Uh, it sounds like we would agree about. Okay, they would say. um Well, another example is the kind of precariousness of people's working lives. And therefore, um we need to do things that will help that. With and that—that's a lot of the driving force behind some of the stuff in the spending bill. But, they work but, yeah. but you know, and even there, I'd agree with some of that. But they I'm just tr- saying, it's yeah. not the job of the federal government to do it. Yeah, you should be doing it at the state level or the local level, whatever. But I—I I don't think that they. I don't know. What do you think that they're, they're the ones that created then? their dependency on China?
3: They're the ones that are creating the modern problems in this did. world. So, for so the people totally. to come and create and lit- the problems. By the way, literally, yeah. literally, yeah. they're the
2: people. Like the guy Steve yeah. Ricchetti, who's who is the senior whatever he's called, count, like senior advisor, I think is his title, in um the white in, in in Biden's team. He's the number one guy, right? Yeah. He's been involved in putting all these bills together. He was there. He was the guy who orchestrated try under the Clinton. Um, administration, China's entry into the World Trade Organization. Yeah. And he's like and, totally and, corrupt. I mean, and, his brother's running a lobbying firm. Have you talked about all this? I don't know. On the show, sure. I don't know. He's literally, his brother's running a lobbying firm whose who's kind of clients have sort of spectacularly increased just in the last few months.
1: Surprise, surprise, because he's gov- his,
2: his brother's right there in the White House with Biden.
1: So you have the people causing the problem offering up the only solution. Mm. Yeah. So when people are suffering because they can't find work, they can't find enough, they can't make enough money because, because of inflation, they're, they're uh, struggling with shortages across the board. These are all problems created by the federal government. And then they want to make you more dependent on that. And now they're coming out saying, here's the solution to all those problems. Problem, problem, reaction,
3: solution is something that people talk about a lot. It's the same people who created it, the same people who are coming in with a solution, and the solution benefits them even that much greatly. I mean, if you look at what they're doing, right, in the name of helping people, they're limiting people's uh, ability to travel. They're limiting people's ability to earn money. They're limiting people's ability to have a family, to have a happy, productive life. And what they're doing is... We we literally have witnessed one of the largest transfers of wealth in recorded human history during the lockdowns, which helped out the billionaire class and screwed everyone else over. And then we are seeing people's wealth literally be eviscerated, robbed right in front of them as billionaires have made off with with the most amount of money almost in all of recorded human history. We're talking about trillions of dollars being transferred from poor middle class people going to, To of course, the Schwab's, the Bezos. The Gateses and all yeah. these other individuals that are living by a different set of rules that get to do whatever they want as they tell you that you are living beyond your means as they're flying around in their private jets mm-hmm. on their beachfront properties, saying, I know what's right for you. I that's need it. more power. That's I that's need it. more money. I will tell you exactly how to live part. your life. And I refuse to be a slave or peasant under that kind of system because that's exactly the, the system part. that they want. They want you eating bugs. Yeah. They want you in a pod. They want you as a little unhealthy, fat, depressed and ninny, part, and I refuse to live like that. The best
1: part is when these same people who, there's there's two big ones, obviously, when they fly in private jets to climate summits, yes. but when they say <laughs> the water levels are rising and then buy beachfront property. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I think climate change is a big problem. I think humans are absolutely contributing to a lot of ecological collapse. Yes. But how am I supposed to support, you know you know what I think, I, I genuinely believe they use the urgency of ecological disaster, things we can see and measure, like uh, the windshield phenomenon, bug populations, colony collapse disorder, to scare people into giving them up, giving up their power so they can buy beachfront property. So they can get private jets. So you know, but they're, they're the, the ones things. causing the
3: ecological okay. disasters. No, they're no, the I've... ones, the military industrial complex is one of the biggest polluters in the world. We, we haven't even had that discussion yet. The, the corporations in China, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 the, the,
1: yeah. they're the elites on the Titanic yeah. and they're stealing the fine China and then jumping in a life but well, before anyone knows what's happening. Yeah. They're also so look, building
4: like, the, the glaciers with these neonicotinoid pesticides responsible for colony collapse. There's
1: multinational corporations doing that. Ian just blew everyone's mind. (laughs) What? Huh? (laughs) So So, look, the the way I describe it is the Titanic hit the iceberg. These elites know it. They run around grabbing as much fine silverware as they can carry. And now they're running to the lifeboats before anyone realizes the ship is sinking. They're telling everybody, no, 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 we're going to fix it. It's okay. It's okay. Then they buy beachfront property.
4: According to the World so what, Economic Forum, sink? this is their 2010 global redesign. They said, "This is quote governments are no longer the overwhelmingly dominant actors on the world stage, and that the times come for new stakeholder paradigm of international governance." Essentially, that corporations are better off running the world. Well,
2: yeah. that's the whole. Uh, conceit they already the whole, do exactly. run the world, but that is yeah. the conceit of Davos. You know, that's the mm-hmm. whole thing. I mean, I just think that the I don't know. There's so much of that I agree with, right? I mean, especially on on climate. If you look at uh, look at their if, if they really really wanted to do something about it they would have and had actually, a meeting on zoom well, No, just to be really <laughs> practical about it well f- first of course <laughs> but but actually they wouldn't be shutting down nuclear power stations mm, which right. is what they're doing like that's in like completely crazy that they're doing that and actually when you have the kind of now narr- again it's back to the narrative there's a sort of clear narrative you know they demonize Amer- you know they, look at the global thing now. they demonize america even though for the last few years our carbon emissions were falling and they kind of praise you know angela merkel in germany even though their emissions have been going up because she crazily shut down their nuclear power program in california where i live they close he wants to shut down a nuclear power station in in, in new york state cuomo yeah. shut down i think it's 25 percent of new york's power i don't i can't remember the exact detail you know they and what's it going to be replaced with importing oil from saudi arabia how it's 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 so They're insane lying. the energy policy is so kind of completely incoherent um i just don't know whether that it, it seems to me that again it comes back to kind of much more of a just thoughtless virtue signaling rather than some kind of like evil master plan. That's that's my sense of it. And I think when you look at the attempt to make people dependent on the government, which you absolutely see riddled through what they're pushing forward now from the Biden regime at the center, I don't think, I think it's, you know, it's this classic arrogance and hubris of the kind of technocratic elite who really truly believe sincerely that if they could make all these decisions for people, then people would be better off. I think it's much more It's the more same
1: that. old story. It's the same old, uh, theme we get from all of despots who believe that they're the smart ones who need to leave yeah. pe- no, le- lead lead people. No, I think that's, right.
3: yeah. You can't think that these people know what's better for us or think what's going to make us I happy. Completely- I don't think, I don't think their happiness is, our happiness is even in their consideration as much as their kind of larger sociopathic goals and things yes. that they want to achieve. Themselves.
1: Themselves. They, they treat, they treat tri- people like chickens in a chicken coop. Yeah.
2: Chair. Well, I don't. There was a there was a really interesting. For I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, my, do you know Michael Shellenberger? You had yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, So he's mm-hmm. been on I'm my sure. podcast a few times. He's so great, um, talking about uh, uh, homelessness as well as climate and so on, environmental stuff. He had a brilliant. Well, we were talking about, particularly in California, like why. And his new book is I think it's San Francisco, and the subtitle is Why Progressives Ruin Cities. And I was really interested in the why part of it. Now, like, what is the motive here? What and and he had this brilliant, brilliant phrase about. Um, uh you know the the Democrats and the, and the kind of the the one party rule in California you now how it's resulted in these absolutely inhum inhumane. You know they talk about humanity and Trump's inhumane this and that and actually the inhumanity of what you see on the streets of of San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and actually throughout the state now as a result of their policies, the direct result um, for after year after year of this stuff. What what do they think they're doing? You know they, there's no one else to blame. I mean they've had complete control of everything. Why do they do this? Why are they pushing these policies that cause such a you know hu- catastrophe in humanitarian terms? And he used it's, this it's, phrase which was path it was he said they think they're being compassionate but they don't understand that you can't just be you know, give people that's things that's we wrong. Have, I disagree with that. Well, the phrase wrong. he used was pathological compassion. They're yes. just like obsessed with looking like they're good people, mm-hmm. looking like they're caring. And and that's the only thing that matters rather than the actual outcomes. I think
1: this is the, the, one of the biggest mistakes uh, that uh, moderate and conservative individuals make is trying – it's a mistake a lot of people make in general – believing that their worldview must be the same worldview of the other person because everyone assumes that you know if I think something, other people must think something similarly. That's why they're like, oh, I can't imagine why these people would do the things they're doing. An independent or conservative looks at a Democrat who says, I want to help the homeless. And they say, if they really wanted to help the homeless, why are they? Or or, or how about this? If they really wanted to reduce carbon emissions, why are they shutting down nuclear power plants? Because they just don't understand. The problem is, the saying goes that liberals think conservatives are evil. Conservatives think liberals are misguided. When the inverse is true, that the establishment elites, people like Adam Schiff, are truly despicable, evil people who lie through their teeth, know they're lying. And a, a, a famous moment we talked about it the other day when he held up the envelope saying, "I have evidence that Trump colluded with Russia." He was lying on TV for political power. Conservatives have. Yes, so they said
2: he did say I have the evidence, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he never did. Yep. And now but he ha- was still out the other day. Was it yesterday or today? I don't know. Just just going on about he was on the View, right? And he, he was like, was, "Well, they they lied. They lied. They should on be. this." And he said, "And he and he kind of well, well, we we do know that he." Asked Russia. So he's kind of shifted off the, we know that they asked Russia for help with the election. We know that Paul Manafort gave the polling results or whatever. You know, so he's still sticking to the story.
1: It's amazing. So there's, there's a tendency. Uh, the right has its problems. They have their crazy cultists and their conspiracy theorists. But these people aren't on MSNBC or CNN. They're not in Congress. There may be some people in Congress that say kooky things and then ultimately get pushed out. The Democrats, have overtly for the past several years six seven years pushing nonstop lies crazy conspiracies, and they know they 're lying well the Ru- you mean the russia hoax i in mean that, that, that's that's the best example but it's not the only one but it's ukraine gates I mean, yeah. january 6 insurrection narratives look at look at rittenhouse it is endless lies uh, we played for a clip where msnbc outright lied about the testimony and what happens is now you do have these these unsuspecting individuals who don't know better they don't read the news they don't watch the news they see a headline in passing or they see cnn on at the airport CNN's no longer at the airport. I understand, but you get the point. Hotel rooms. And they'll see the the narrative and they'll hear it for a second and believe it. They don't do the independent legwork. They don't watch the source material. They don't come to more esoteric shows like this to get the actual proof and evidence. And then they believe the lies. And part of those lies from the establishment, from the cult, is to discredit us. To lie about us and about who we are and what we believe they say you know that we're far right or whatever. When my policy positions are actually center left, like mm. uh, outright, like universal health But policy isn't as important in my opinion as freedom mm-hmm. and respecting individuals' right to vote and choose and the truth. Mm. And if you come out and say here's the truth and it contradicts the establishment, they'll call you right wing. For example, Glenn Greenwald, Aaron Matei, and you know, Matt I think Taibbi. That's exactly right. I think it's really and it's, it's a disgusting.
2: Cult, I think it's really lie. disgusting the way that they. But funny enough, I don't want to. Get, do the same to them that they do. Like, no, that's so, the mistake. Well, hang on a second. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. It's like, the thing I hate most is this smearing of, of people with different views for having, you know, like the, the sort of obvious one where any, 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 pol- any position you take on anything, um, that that has countered them is obviously racist. You know, like it's so boring now, it's completely lost all so its meaning. But they say it all the time it's racist it's ra- and they even do it to each other. Like the most incredible thing with the other day was um Corey Bush. The, did you see this when she hmm. called representative I can't remember where she's her district is um uh, Democrat and she I think and I don't know if I don't know if she's officially a member of the squad or certainly you know part part of that group. And when Joe Manchin put out a statement, his latest view on the spending bill, saying he had worries about this or concerns about that and was holding it up again. She literally put out a statement to fellow Democrat, and it wasn't about anything he said. It was like, it was just straight away, Joe Manchin's opposition, he's anti-black, anti-woman, anti-family, anti-critical, on this this list of insults. And it's just so, to me, disgusting the way that they immediately it's such a bad faith way of carrying out arguments to question the motives and here, of the people that you're opposed to and i don't want to get into that to be but, honest and so i don't want to question the, their motives i think that they that they 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 sincerely believe they, that what they're arguing is right i just think that they they're they're they're, that's completely, the mistake. That's they're wrong. completely obsessed with the Image they want to create of themselves as decent, bountiful,
1: good. People. This is this is the problem made by moderates and conservatives assuming they're acting in good faith when they lie nonstop all day every day. When yeah, they but they lie
2: because they think the ends justify the means because they're. because but that's irrelevant, I know, but that's why they're doing it. I think. I think that they, for example, in relation to Trump, I think that that all. They're, they're, I think Trump sort of sent them into a complete deranged state. As you know, many people have said, and that phrase became famous. But I think what happened was that they, they 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 it really sent them crazy to the point where anything is justified because he is, in their view, built up to be this kind of mortal threat to but, 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 democracy that, 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 that's and a,
1: everything. It's irrelevant to policy debate, political debate, and moving forward. Of course it is, but that's what's in their So head. so here's the issue. When you get moderates and conservatives saying, like, I'm gonna have an honest and reasonable debate with this person who lies twenty four seven I mean, at a certain point, you're like, bro, you know they're cheating. Imagine this. No, but you can say that they're lying without, say,
2: without saying they're lying because they're, they've got some evil scheme to, I don't know. It doesn't, what it doesn't matter why they're either.
1: lying. What matters is that we can watch footage of Kyle Rittenhouse— And we can look at the facts. And what did we do on this show? We brought in, I think, four different witnesses, including one of the key witnesses, Richie McGinnis. And we played his footage and asked him to tell us what happened because we weren't there. And what do you hear from the establishment left, the witnesses? His hands were up or they repeat the same lies. Kyle Rittenhouse traveled over state lines with a gun to go and shoot protesters. Totally fabricated. Now, m- maybe it's that they're drones and they don't actually do the research, but I'm not going to talk about the regular people who are being tricked. I am going to talk about the media people who know they're lying. Yeah, I, I look Occam's razor would, would, would suggest yeah. that if these people saw enough of the trial to know that this guy testified, he pointed his gun at Kyle and then got shot. They have to know when they say the opposite happened, they're lying. When Brian Stelter, for instance, tells you not to watch other media outlets, or when I think it was Cuomo who said, don't, you can't read WikiLeaks, it's illegal. They thrive on making sure your access to information is restricted. We do the opposite. Well, no, I, I tell people all day and night, watch as much as you can. And you,
2: you know, again, and the most kind of, you know obvious and egregious example of that was during the election when they literally tried to stop you know working with the tech companies access to information that so, was highly relevant to people's
1: choice in the election about so, biden and here's what we end up with they say russiagate for five years we find out definitively it's false they still make the it's claims. not just
2: false it's worse than false it is the exact opposite of the truth which is that it wasn't a trump conspiracy
1: to undermine democracy it was a clinton initiated conspiracy to overturn right. the election so what happens when for me after years during russia gate i was like all right well the new york times is reporting this we'll take a look at what happens and I'll, we'll entertain the investigation and then i realized for years we were lied to overtly the envelope oh i've got the proof trump did it and adam schiff made all of that up now he's subpoenaing people Targeting them and using the power of government, the process is the punishment. Knowing that people can't afford to get hire lawyers to be, you know, subpoenaed to testify before Congress, he's attacking people. He published private phone records of journalists, American journalists, and government officials because he is just trying to hurt people for political power. And now we're we're still in this position where people are like, "But I don't want to label them," I, I, but you know, I, I want to make sure we're being fair. No, 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 no. If somebody is blinded by the lies, there's no, you can't engage with someone who believes nonsense about Rittenhouse, for instance. There's no debate when you didn't watch the Rittenhouse trial. I'm going to tell you, I watched the trial. I'm not a no, lawyer. It's incredibly Here's what interesting. they said. I've
2: got to tell you, it's, it's really interesting, um, having this conversation with you and, and, and watching this because I would put myself in the category of someone who hasn't paid attention to the written, you know, I've got, I, I, there's lots of things I get engaged in, certain issues that you, you focus on. We were talking about earlier. I spent a lot of time looking into de- de- what's going on in California because that's a big part of w- what I focus on, so I just hadn't paid any attention to it um to be honest with you, and so I had absorbed so many things that were just not true because it's so dominant that narrative is right. so dominant uh, and uh, if you hadn't played those
1: things i'd never yeah. would have seen them no, uh, a, a good example uh we had and Wash. I you know in the news business as it were you know i, I hadn't seen yeah. it when we have uh, uh actually I think it was Hunter Avalon came on the show yeah and he argued with me about ukraine gate which i covered extensively i read the the, the ukrainian documents the prosecutorial documents yeah. i looked at the investigations i looked at matt taibbi's reporting and he was like no 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 that's not true that never happened and then i was like oh you want to play games if you didn't actually investigate what happened with ukraine with Zlachevsky, with barisma hunter biden yeah. and 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 uh, um victor shokin and then you're going to come and tell me you know See, this is the problem. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, I'm not going to say anything, you know, accuse him. I'm going to say outright that dude had no idea what he was talking about. And he makes videos where he pushes misinformation without doing any research. That's a big part of the problem. Yeah. We get things wrong all the time. And, and and I can respect that he probably gets things wrong too. And as long as they're willing to correct the record and and, and do right by their audience. But the problem we have is... When it came to Ukraine Gate, the impeachment of Donald Trump, I read everything. I was reading Russian news. I was reading Ukrainian news. I was reading the history of Burisma. I was reading about the investigations from the, from, when, when the European Union froze his ba- right. bank, bank yeah, accounts. Yeah. I was reading all of this to make sure I understood the full context. And then I go and talk to these people on the left and they just said, well, you know, um, Phone call. meet the press. Yeah. Yeah, meet exactly. the press says Trump is wrong and you're lying. So I believe them.
3: Well, very interestingly, those people don't get fact checked. Those people don't face any retribution. They don't get censored. They don't get banned for a lot of their dribble, for a lot of their nonsense. And then we also have to understand here, we are talking about generalized concepts and we're talking about the media. Now that MSNBC clip we played, it definitely looks like the anchor's reading a script. Yeah. He almost read verbatim what was on NPR. And I and I do yes. believe some of your your kind of references that there are some people that are just blind and they, they're in a cult. They want to push these ideas. They don't know any better. Uh, there, there are elements of people being idiots in here, but we have to understand who's right the scripts that they're reading and when they're just blindly keep reading it over and over again and they see the real life harm that comes of it there there comes a point where it's undeniable that pain and suffering that they're causing the average american that that they cannot deny it's so blatant it, it's almost everywhere
2: really, you look. but can i just yeah. ask you about that that's an interesting like who's who's pain and suffering are you think what are you thinking of well right now that, when you the, look at the that, hundreds of that the hundred
1: thousand yeah. plus small businesses who got destroyed oh sorry no like, yeah, I, yeah,
2: yeah. About, I thought you talk about written no 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 I, no, no, I, I, no
3: i'm talking written house is one example of no i'm of of talking course. about the average I mean, my god the pandemic yeah, yeah of course the the, the average you it's know it's
2: insane and the and the unbelievable kind of nonsense that that is still repeated all the time and not just unscientific anti-science the opposite of science right and in, and and they're just pushing it the whole time I mean, just, we were talking earlier i came on the train today right down to to, to do that and like you're on the train and they're sort of yelling at you over the intercom all the time you know put on your mask and all of these things have been totally debunked they call it safety it's a safety violation if you only
1: well, take it, your at, mask off
2: it's madness look it's at total fauci nonsense yeah.
1: fauci has flip-flopped on every position There was actually a news cycle. One of my favorite examples of how people need to break away, why people need to break away from the manipulation. Fauci goes on TV. He gets asked. I think it was MSNBC. I think it was CNN. They were like, if wearing a mask helps, then doesn't isn't it common sense that two masks would help? And he goes, yes, you know, two masks would be common sense. (laughs) Then he comes out again saying, no, no, I never said wear two masks. And then a few days later, the CDC issues a guidance for double masking. Because people are not approaching this scientifically. No. It is all tribal yeah. narrative. They changed the definition of
2: vaccine, of, of herd immunity. They, like yeah, right in front of her eyes. And then it was going to be, of yeah. course. I mean, I could, I, it's just so infuriating. Now here's, here, it's here's here's still being pushed, all this
1: stuff. So here's the point I want to make about the establishment left and their dopey supporters. If you are someone who's voting Democrat, and again, I don't like the Republican Party either. I don't know who you should vote for. But if you're voting establishment, okay, I don't care if it's, if it's neocon, Mm -hmm. Project Lincoln, Bill Mm -hmm. Crystal types, or Democrats, and they're wrong for five years, every step of the way, every single thing they push is wrong. Then at a certain point I'm going to say it's your fault you're contributing to this, right? If you walk in if if you're with a if you're with a guy, right? Let's say your your buddy calls you up and says, "Me and the boys are going to go uh, go out have an end in the town." And you get in the in, in the van with them and they drive to a bank and they say, "Come inside the bank." And then they rob the bank. Okay, I'd understand if I was like, "Well, this dude clearly had no idea what was going on. He was roped into this. I don't think we should blame him." But what happens if you're on the 10th bank? And they're like, I have, I don't know. It's just my friend said we we're going to these banks, and they keep robbing them. I'm like, okay, you're contributing to their burglary spree, their robbery spree. So when you have voters after five, six years of watching the establishment play these dirty games, lie, cheat, and steal, and seriously undermine our our, our institutions, and you're like, I'm going to vote for them anyway. I'm like, okay, you're complicit, right? You are contributing factor to this. As for the pundits and all the people in TV, now these are people who read the reports. They know they were wrong. They're still refusing to address it. There was no airtime for the for the indictments from the Durham the Durham investigation. The people got no, indicted. No, that's exactly right. The, the exactly mainstream media right. doesn't cover it at all, and they know it. There's no way they, they didn't see the stories. So your only conclusion is after years of pushing lies, yeah. awarding giving themselves awards for exactly. lying, and now when the truth comes Pulit out, surprises. That's right. And now they don't report the truth. I'm sorry. I think that's evidence to indicate they are evil they know that they're committing atrocities that 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 they're harming people and lying and cheating and stealing and they'll never come clean because they're bad
0: guys See,
2: i just think that's 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 going a bit far like with the you you're going to you just think i'm so soft but i think <laughs> that like with the with the first of the TV part of it, you know, someone like Rachel Maddow, like sort of, un, you know, nearly cried years, like, when the story was developed. Every single night, you know, like, and she was at it again the other the other night. I saw she's like yet again leading her show with some Russia conspiracy madness. Can't give it up. It's so central to her identity. I don't. Think, I, I just think like to be so wrong is so embarrassing that you just you just you can't come to terms. With. You can't acknowledge it. You can't acknowledge it because it's so much part of what she's been
1: about for the last few years look a, a starving person might rob a bank we still arrest them right if rachel maddow has lost her mind and i think it's a fair assessment she's not evil she's just insane you still take her <laughs> on off russia of for sure i think that um
2: well no but i mean it, 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 people lapped it up i think that um the one thing to be fair we should say there was one guy um i think i can't remember his name. he's the i don't know what he does he's at the washington post I think he's the media guy, Eric Wemple. Yes, didn't he write a piece? To be fair, but basically, point. He was pretty mild, and he's the you know pointing out that actually these Durham indictments really do undermine oh, yeah. a lot That's of right. what the media, including this newspaper, has he been al- doing.
1: He also wrote a really great piece about Joe Rogan and uh, the, the, the medical treatments that he got from his doctor, saying mm-hmm. that CNN was acting like an advocacy activism organization, not journalists. Mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a good job. There's been a few people uh, with, with the FBI raids on um, uh, James O'Keefe. Yes. Ben Smith from the New York Times said media really should not be cheerleading this, like the yeah. FBI yeah. going after journalists.
2: Yeah, interesting. That's a, but, that's a crazy story.
1: But right, right. So, I mean, actually, I mean, let's, let's pull that up and talk about how how dark and evil this stuff gets. We have a story from Fox News. Project Veritas' James O'Keefe speaks out after FBI raided home. This is an attack on the First Amendment. O'Keefe told Fox News' Sean Hannity that he was in a state of shock as FBI agents searched his apartment. Apparently, he's partially clothed. He says, I wake up to a pre-dawn raid banging on my door. I went to my door to answer the door, and there were 10 FBI agents with a battering ram, white blinding lights. They turned me around, handcuffed me, threw me against the hallway. I was partially clothed in front of my neighbors. They confiscated my phone. They raided my apartment. On my phone were many of my reporters' notes, a lot of my sources unrelated to the story, and a lot of confidential donor information to our news organization. He says, I've heard the process is the punishment. I didn't really understand what that meant until this weekend. And Sean, I wouldn't wish this on any yeah. journalist. James O'Keefe does a really, really great job. Regardless of what you think about his politics, he is a guy who who, who he, he posts videos of people saying things. He does undercover reporting, and you might not like it, but that's all he does. For the FBI to go after him, we can truly see the depravity and the evil that is in the establishment. Not just that, Tim. I mean, in that interview, James
3: O'Keefe detailed specifically how they were given this diary. They decided not to run with the story, and they handed it over to the the authorities, and then he got raided. So, so what in the world is the FBI doing when, when they're allegedly going after this diary that was already handed over to the police? This is clear intimidation. This is clear trying to scare the crap out of independent journalists who are actually doing I real muckraking journalism. But, but look what happens. The FBI, white on rice on James O'Keefe, Larry Nasler, Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, years. Ignoring the victims, ignoring children, ignoring women that were hurt yes. in unspeakable ways that we can't even mention here. And, and let's, Thirty years, and, Jeffrey and Epstein was able to do whatever he wanted with the
1: FBI looking the other way. And now, Je- and, and now, and let's talk about James. The, and let's talk it's about ridiculous. how the how the establishment media apparatus handles these stories. What? How did how did we find out about Epstein? It was James O'Keefe publishing leaked video of an ABC News reporter saying she had evidence and testimony on Epstein and it was scuttled away by the media organizations. And it was James O'Keefe who did the hard work to break that story. And who's getting raided by the FBI? James O'Keefe. Who was ignored by the by the FBI? Epstein. The the victims, his victims. We're we're talking about
3: thousands of children here. We're talking about the FBI broke into his safe where they had prominent people and politicians' names with videotapes. The FBI still has this in their, in his possession. Epstein was hanging out with Bill Gates, was hanging out with billionaires, Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, all the biggest names in politics. He was hanging out. He was, he had surveillance systems inside of his homes in almost every room. And, and and the FBI has in their position all of the tapes, all of the videos of very prominent people in compromising ways. Why hasn't – why haven't they done let's, anything let's, with that? Uh, can because I
2: just say the other thing about this whole story, the, the, the O'Keefe raid, um, that I think is just so, like, re- unbelievably kind of tawdry is the way that – you know, obviously the reason they're doing it is because it's to do with Biden and his family and the diary of the daughter and so on. It's so kind of the banana republic. You know, the president – kind of his family there's an issue there's a story and it's already been published and then they send the they send the the cops to to harass the judge i mean it just feels like and and again Evil. this is exactly the opposite of you know they constantly say oh well you know trump undermining democratic norms how many times have you heard all that stuff i mean what is this where well, you send the fbi in because the boss's daughter's been involved in something i mean it's just so embarrassing
1: i think it's 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 more evidence that the establishment is crooked that are, are it at protects. the itself. Well, these sure.
3: are desperate actions by desperate people who are trying to hit anyone criticizing them. And when we look at Project Veritas, they have been releasing an onslaught of counter-narrative, whistleblowing information and and documents and videos that have exposed a lot of the bull crap in our entire establishment, in, in, in our entire system. This is retribution. This is payback. This is them hitting the nail that stood up because they're a hammer. And once you're a hammer, the only thing you do is you look for nails. And everyone who speaks out against them, everyone who criticizes them, it's a nail. That's that's the larger messaging that we're getting from this larger raid. They want you afraid. They want to show you they're in power and that you should not speak out against them. But the opposite should be happening here. James O'Keefe was told, hey, this is an ongoing investigation. Don't even tell anyone this happened. Yeah. He went on Sean Hannity uh, just a couple hours ago last night. And and broke the whole story wide open well, the other, and talked I mean, about it, the details here that are extremely important. But
2: it's an interesting theme. I mean you we see it with the Written House story with this and actually the other one I'd add to that list is what they did that disgusting letter um and you know the the calling parents domestic terrorists, you know, from the National right. School Board Association, which then, you know, within days, um the Justice Department endorsed and said, Yeah, we're gonna put the FBI onto parents protesting at their kids because absolutely no legal justification. That's totally uh, you know, I say it's unconstitutional. They've got no business of the federal government. It's not a federal law enforcement matter. Why are they doing it? To intimidate the parents, to stop them from actually thinking, you know, they won't know exactly what they're allowed to do or not. Oh, shit, no, we've got the FBI. I better not do that. I better not protest. I don't want to get in trouble with the law. Completely. I mean, it's
1: despicable, actually. Yeah, they're trying to stop. They're trying to stop Project Veritas. They don't want James O'Keefe doing the work that he's doing. Because I, w- I will stress probably one of the most important points that can ever be said. We learn the Epstein story broke, the arrests occurred. Elaine Maxwell is currently, yeah. you know, whatever is going on with her. She's in custody because of James O'Keefe. Now, there are a lot of other reporters. I just didn't follow
2: that. Again, I'd love to just tell that, explain that Well, a bit so more.
1: a lot of interest. He's not the only journalist who is, who is doing this work. You know, Mike Cernovich. There was the Miami, uh, um, I think it was the Miami Herald. I'm not sure. But I'm just stressing the importance of James O'Keefe getting a hold of this footage. His organization. Of, I think his, her name was Amy Rohrbach from ABC News saying that ABC shut down the story on Epstein. That lit a spark. Over this this story, it ignited the story. Everyone starts talking about it again. Not just James O'Keefe; a lot of yeah. the core investigative documents were released because of the work of Mike Cernovich and this other reporter. Yeah, out of Florida. Cernovich,
3: Miami Herald, even the Daily Mail. Surprisingly, they were on it and actually talking about this in a fair and honest way. And even the Daily Beast. Uh, but, there's well, a lot to even to criticize them, but they when when it comes to this reporting, they were they were doing a lot of good stuff. But
1: I, but I want to stress the importance of what James O'Keefe did in publishing that 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 evidence. From a major news organization, withholding facts, withholding testimony, and now the FBI, who ignored Epstein for decades, is going after James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe, what's what? 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 You, what he's doing journalism. Epstein, yeah, we know what he was doing. And who does the FBI target? Yeah, they'll go to a, they'll go find a garage pull rope at NASCAR, but they'll ignore the riots throughout the country. They'll target the journalists. This is why I, I, I tell these back to blue people, these, the law enforcement will kick your teeth in in two seconds if they're told to do it. Michael Malice goes a bit further in his assessment of the police saying that they'll, there's no, there's nothing, uh, I don't know the exact quote he says, but there's nothing, uh, you know, so egregious a police officer wouldn't do it if instructed up into, up and, and including executing children. I don't know if I'll go that far. I think most humans would be like, I'm scared of this, but I think a lot of law enforcement would absolutely. We've seen it throughout history. When they're instructed to do it, they say it is easier to just do as I'm told so that I survive, and they will do whatever they're told.
3: That's the story of history. I mean, you look at what what happened before. You look at empires. Uh, you, we also have to understand that there's a lot of sociopaths out there. Uh, Steve, uh, where would you say the most amount of sociopaths are located per capita?
2: <laughs> okay, well, do I you think know I'm pretty close to it.
3: Yes, uh, very, we're very <laughs> close to it. It's around the Washington, D.C. area, and I think— You know, we sometimes don't want to see the world in this way or understand the world in this way because we don't envision ourselves going to these kind of levels for power for money, for, for, for an, an ideology, but there are people who are sociopathic, who are crazy, who are insane, who do have mental disorders that don't allow them to be as the average human being, and they think totally differently, they act totally differently, and, and we can't even conceive of what they're capable of, but when you look at history, it's lessons after lessons that the biggest thing that you should be afraid of is giving up your rights to the government that will ultimately yeah abuse them for their own personal benefit and the benefit of their inner circle and their and their friends their friends are the billionaire class the billionaire class the corporations have been getting away robbing this country blind within the last few months in an extensive way that is just awe to see while the mainstream media talks about dribble nonsense and cultural issues when of course the real issues that we should be talking about are the larger ramifications of giving up everything to the government on the silver platter because of a tragedy because of a bad event because of 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 something horribly happening in this world that they are exploiting to to the biggest extent are talking that they about the pandemic you're talking about 9 oh, well, well, Hang on a second.
2: That, I'm, that I'm was, talking uh, about you know, events like history. No, but they, exactly. they have direct responsibility for that too. I mean, it, you know, yeah. I mean, I've, 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 I've really been pursuing this a lot on my show, which is the, 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 the direct, it's another example, I think, of the total arrogance and hubris of this technocratic elite, the, the insular ruling elite, where, you know, the, the, the Fauci role in starting the pandemic. I mean, that, that's the, it's another example of it. We don't they, have, we don't have that puzzle
1: piece, uh, in terms of, Is COVID the virus they did gain-of-function research on? However, I will say this. They were doing gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab. The NIH was funding it in violation of orders to not fund it, but they gave money to EcoHealth Alliance, who then gave money to the Wuhan lab, which was used for the production of chimeric viruses with increased infectivity on human cells, particularly human lung cells. We then... So they're doing modified, they're, they're, they're modifying and making chimeric COVID viruses. Then in the same town, a few blocks away from the lab where the research is happening, this sick illness emerges. So I, I'll, I'll be careful because I will absolutely have no problem saying we don't have the last puzzle piece that connects those two bridges of them doing the gain of function research and then COVID happens. And I want to be careful because I think it's very important not to discredit yourself by jumping the gun. I'll just say that. Definitive okay. and confirmed. Fauci conducted uh, Fauci's NIH funded gain-of-function research through EcoHealth Alliance. Whether he knew it or not is irrelevant. It, it happened. No, no. I, I, yeah. I, I, look, I was, then we get a modif- then we get a COVID virus, and the guy from <laughs> EcoHealth Alliance is on the w- the Lancet paper arguing that it's not from a lab. Yeah. So the point is, I think a reasonable, per- reasonable person could assume. That COVID leaked from a lab. Of course. And, look, they were there's, doing the there, and,
2: and there's other, look, I don't want to, I could literally talk about this for hours. I spent most of the last year pursuing this story and we, we were the first people to do it on TV. I think that the, just a couple of things I'd say, I really don't want to go necessarily sort of be sidetracked onto this, but a couple of things. First of all, it's the, the, the people talk all the time about Fauci funding this research, which implies a sort of passivity. He was there. He was, you know, he, the money went, but maybe, maybe he didn't know. No, he, Fauci was the leading global world, in the the entire world, the leading champion of -of gain-of-function research. He wrote a piece in the Washington Post 10 years ago, 2011, he wrote a piece explicitly, it says, this is a, a verbatim quote, engineering a dangerous virus in the laboratory is a risk worth taking. That's Fauci. That's his words. He's always been the leading advocate of this ever since this technology was invented. So this is not like him just funding it passively. He commissioned this research. He commissioned it. Yeah. He, and and that, that's one thing important. In terms of the kind of accountability here, it's important to have that piece. The second thing I'd say, I completely agree with you. We don't know for sure. And I've never said that. The, the, the phrase that I use all the time, because I think this is the right way to put it, is that it is the most likely origin of the pandemic? I think Agreed. there's no question. And the, one of the other things to add to that is the alternative explanation that this was a naturally occurring virus is completely implausible. There's no evidence been found at all for the natural um, explanation. They've tested yeah. what is it, eighty thousand animals? They haven't found an animal host. The theory that the one thing we do know is that the the, the virus on which they were working because this is specified in the um in the in the papers that have been published is um a virus that originated in the cave in yunnan a thousand miles away and so of which the workers died um a couple of the workers died from respiratory illnesses they didn't they didn't infect anyone else right in their village they didn't infect anyone else in the um healthcare system where they were treated it wasn't airborne it was gain of function in the lab that made it airborne Uh, the original virus that they're working on the theory you have to believe if you're going to believe the lab origin is that somehow this virus made its way a thousand miles um, with no other animal host to the one place in the entire world where they were already working (laughs) on viruses (laughs) that were an exact match for the virus right. we have. Right. It's so implausible. Yeah. Which, right. so, Even, yes, we don't know for sure.
1: That, that's but, why I, I try to be careful I, and say, I like, completely there's, agree there's, with the, you. there's the one puzzle piece missing yes. where we can definitively say here's Absolutely. It I'm happens. very yeah, glad yeah, yeah. you
2: made that clear. I totally agree. And I've never said for sure, I've always said most likely, yeah. and I think that's the truth.
3: But there's
1: an extensive,
3: abundant amount of circumstantial evidence. We don't have the exactly smoking right. gun, exactly. but it's there. It's also important to point out that Dr. Fauci was, as you correctly said, championing gain-of-function mm-hmm. while there was also a big scientific community that was saying it's pointless, it's reckless, and it's, it's yes. extremely dangerous People to do so. People should look into the Cambridge exactly.
2: the Cambridge group, which yeah. was set up in... Um, 2014 i believe there was even read what they 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 wrote about this at the time exactly there was even u.s state department cables saying that this
3: lab is dangerous they're not running the right safety protocols that there's a big possibility uh, that there could be a leak coming from this and then this was u.s diplomatic cables
1: right there right in front of our face and then people got banned uh, well, zero head got re- banned re- on Twitter re- for re- even talking about this. Remember when that uh paper was published by the University of South China in Beijing? I think it was that said researchers at the Wuhan lab had been bitten by bats and peed on, and that this caused the virus to leak. And then, like two weeks later, they're like, "We're retracting this paper." It's uh, oh, I mean, yeah. there's so much of the Chinese that.
2: But the other thing is the woman who ran that. She, you know, the, who 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 um. The Bat Lady Yes <laughs> the, the Bat Lady ran The lab When she heard about the pandemic her, She said on the record The first thing I thought of Was this Did this come from our lab
1: Yeah Fauci so f- said the same thing. reaction In the leaked emails Fauci asked I think he asked EcoHub Alliance Is this one of ours Yeah
3: And it wasn't just Fauci it, fi- Financing and funneling money To this laboratory of course. It was also the, U- the US Pentagon That was sending money And a lot that, of this is, research Is that confirmed
2: Because I remember They
3: requested money From DARPA That's
1: actually
2: another piece of evidence Yes That DARPA in 2018 when EcoHealth Alliance went to DARPA and they specifically, if you look at that paper, it's fascinating because the two distinctive features of the pandemic virus are the furin cleavage site um, and the way it attaches to the ACE2 receptors. Those are the specific that, that make it distinctive right. and much more transmissible. That's the work that, that they, they were trying asked to, that, for yep. money to do in 2018. <laughs> and DARPA said, no, we can't give you this money because yeah. it's against the, the, the ban on yep. gain of function. Well, the other thing I just want to say is to, because people make this point a lot and you mentioned correctly that there was the ban in place, and then some people say, Ah, but Trump lifted the ban, and that's partly true. But the whole story is this so in 2014, the Obama administration did put in place a ban on gain of function research, including uh, an advice, uh, the recommendation that exists no new projects anywhere in the world, and a recommendation that existing projects be stopped. Um, in 2017 when trump came in they did lift the ban but they didn't just create a free-for-all they replaced it with a different um regulatory uh, process which said if you are thinking of doing this kind of research then you it wasn't a complete ban you have to go through a process including an assessment by an independent group outside of nih from uh, um, run by hhs and it has to go through this review process so that so and both of those were rules that Fauci evaded, and that's I think the interesting thing here. We I I, I don't think we'll ever prove right. that the, because the Chinese have destroyed so much evidence and so on. What I think we can prove is that Fauci deliberately evaded the rules were, that were in place twice: the Obama administration rules and the Trump administration rules, and that is. I don't know what you want to call it, it's not illegal, but it's professional misconduct yeah. or whatever. And so that is where I think we should focus in terms of, because I think you can absolutely prove that.
3: And then they took the research to China where they were able to do whatever they wanted, however they wanted, as long as they showed the Chinese government what they were doing. And the Chinese government was looking at it from the very top. They were seeing everything, and it was extremely dangerous. But uh, some people say that this was an accidental release. I personally believe that this was deliberate. That's my own personal opinion and my personal assessment that I came through after looking at a lot of the circumstantial evidence, and I talk about that on my own kind of channel. Well, I just want to make clear
2: I don't. Uh, I, I I haven't seen anything that that makes me think that you know I wouldn't put anything past the Chinese regime. They're a disgusting, evil, authoritarian regime. But I don't see anything in this that would be We can have a discussion about this. Um, that's no. my own personal we'll, we'll, opinion. We'll,
1: we'll let, learn more. But yeah. let, for now, let's go to uh, Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Make sure you're over you're a member at TimCast.com for the members-only segment coming up where well, we can talk a lot more about the, the greater details in that regard. But for now, we'll take some Super Chats from the audience. So if you want a Super Chat and try and get in some comments, we'll read as many as we can. All right. Let's see. Barin Terranova says Ian's shirt is triple flame today. Mm-hmm. Ooh, three I'm,
3: flame! I'm getting jealous. How many people are complimenting your shirts in the comment section? Everyone loves
4: it.
1: That's yeah, it true. Is, I just yeah. saw a
4: comment that says Luke is right. Luke just is to, right. Just to throw that one out <laughs>
1: That's there. A general I point. Think Luke is can yeah. be applied to everything. All right, let's see. Uh, Bob Smith has great suggestion. Gothics. The BLM riots woke her up, along with the attacks on her for not supporting it. She lives in Rhode Island too. Interesting. Josh Martinez says, "Congrats, Steve, on your citizenship. Looking forward to our future drone striking kids together, Merica. <laughs> that's it you know you're you're a major I'm player part of now about,
2: and, no, exactly
1: yep all right let's see we got ethan brazil says let's just hide the jury's identity masked singer style everybody in the jury has to wear some strange costume with you know weird big you know mascot like <laughs> heads i like that all right let's see <laughs> joe sullivan says dear steve i'm a fan of your journalism commentary on fox please for the love of god do us all a favor and don't let chris wallace do another presidential debate wished it was you instead <laughs> okay that's never gonna happen but i would so <laughs> love the chance to do that all right let's see what we got kingsley og says can we push for this jury tampering for political purposes to be called exactly what it is domestic terrorism
4: Oh, man, that makes me think about 9-11 again. I think the the heart of this whole beast is 9-11 and the way that they've manipulated the word terrorism and the opportunity to call someone a terrorist for doing this and that. And then it's just that's that's really, really dangerous that you can call someone a terrorist for something and then lock them away forever. So I don't agree with that.
1: All right. We got one from Jackson H. He says, YouTube does not like the Let's Go Brandon meme. I couldn't send my last Super Chat with it, but what's new? Really? Are you not allowed to Super Chat? Let's Go Brandon? That's weird. We built a Let's Go Brandon blimp. Did you see it? <laughs> I didn't see that. So actually That's what brilliant. happened was I wanted to build this blimp to screw with Wikipedia, and then Luke was like, we got to put the Let's Go Brandon flag on it. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Now we got a Let's Go Brandon blimp. It's literally. Where, where is it? Where is it? It's in the garage. Okay. So it's, it's like we'll 18 show you feet long. Yeah. Okay it got cold so it's like deflated a little bit but uh we have a blimp and it live streams in 4k so we can (laughs) fly it up and broadcast from the blimp it's amazing it's a lot of fun all right let's see doc holiday says potus poopy pants dementia patient thank you for the commentary (laughs) all right let's see Okay, let's see.
3: Everything everyone's commenting let's go brandon yeah, in it's a the lot chat of room right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just let's go brandon. Like but but, I, but people were saying
1: let's go Brandon wasn't working in the super chat. So, yeah. so mm. I don't know if you can super chat let's Make go Brandon. Rain. Make it rain yeah. I said. <laughs> <laughs> Make it rain, let's go Brandon. Uh I I I don't know. Maybe maybe you can't, maybe you can't. How up Brandon, comma, let's go. I'm not seeing Let's Go man. Brandon Super Chats. I'm seeing a lot of Let's Go Brandon in the comment section, <laughs> which is fun. There we go. They're saying Let's Go Brandon. No problem.
5: Oh, yeah. Weird. All right, well,
1: there you go. There we go. Yeah, I'm seeing some. Yeah. All right. Yeah,
5: it worked. Huh.
1: All right. Let's see. What does that say? Bynan Lee says, hey, guys, Biden signed the executive order of the designation to exercise authority of the national defense stockpile on uh, on October 31st, 2021. Really? I did Uh-oh. not know that. All these
4: executive authority signatures makes me think of Hitler. Mm. I don't like it, man.
1: I don't like to associate every single executive action with the worst possible executive action. I do think the executive branch is abusing its power, for yeah, sure. Hitler
4: was going crazy in the early 30s. Well, the,
1: it's just that... I mean, it's not just the exec, executive general. It's the federal executive.
2: I mean, the, 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 the that, that's the... Th- we were talking about this earlier. You know, the whole basis of America, I thought... That's what I signed up for, which, you know, the decentralization of power, checks and balances, the 10th Amendment. What what are they doing with all these? You know, it shouldn't be. It's, it's going all in the wrong direction.
1: There's an FJB crypto. <gasps> did, you, did you see this? No, I did not. Everyone's talking about buying FJB, which, you know, means let's go, Brandon. <laughs> 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 and people are like, why haven't you bought it? I don't know. I'm
0: going to buy FJB.
1: FJB. It is funny, though. It is. Uh, let's see. What does it say? Gestalt Graham says, longtime fan of the show, first time super chat. I just bought some Let's Go Brandon crypto on Uniswap, just launched. Thought you guys would find that as ridiculous and awesome as I did. It's really easy to make ERC20 tokens. So you could make a Let's Go Brandon token in five minutes. So this is where I'm just going to just say straight
2: out, however many times this has all been explained to me, I totally don't understand. Oh, crypto? It. No. So I'm this right, is worth developing it. I know, I, I the know brain. and I've totally tried. You can do I it. know it's Look, it's I'm, I money. I want to know and it's great and I love it because it undermines. So I get it. I philosophically I'm right there. I just don't understand how it works. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's a non-copyable digital asset. Yeah, if and I'm you control it. Expi- I just it. someone that. help me out. There's, there's nothing else to explain. It's it's an object that you can control that can't be copied.
4: You could go deeper if you talk about white papers and like the ethos of the company that produces it or the actual utility function of the token, like the mines token. Um you can trade it back and forth for value, or you can use it on the mines network for a thousand views. So the token gains a utility that's, that's value. Unrelated. That he's makes it. Not, that makes it not an, a he's, security. He's, he's
1: talking about private company utility functions. Utility and tokens. Crypto so, crypto is at its core, a Bitcoin, for instance, is a digital asset that can't be copied. Like an MP3 can be copied, right? So some guy invents the ability to have a piece of digital, d- of data that no one can copy. That's it. And because of that, there is now digital scarcity. Scarcity breeds value. Very simple. Then a bunch of companies came out using technology to build yep. other things upon. Right,
4: utility value on top of the actual scarcity value.
1: So like uh, your password, for instance, right? For a website, nobody has that. Nobody knows your password, right? Someone could hack it and steal it for sure. But when you have a password, it's yours. That's basically what it is. You have something that no one can get without the password. So it's actually really simple. And it's, just, it's surprising it took as long as it did to, to create. I think it's required the, the, the encryption technology. But let's, uh, we'll, we'll read some more. All right, let's see what we got here. Graben Dragan says, anyone see the Viva Fry vid titled Sabotage Afoot in the Kyle Rittenhouse Defense? I sure as heck hope he is not guilty of anything. My family's prayers go out to his family. I did not see that, but I, I've been watching the Rakeda Law, um, commentary stream, which has been fantastic. They have like, they had like what, like eight lawyers uh-huh. commenting in real time. I'm like, now that's Impressive. wisdom of the yeah. crowd. You got all these different lawyers giving their viewpoints on things hap- that are happening. And I'm like, that's great insight, man. Not always agreeing, but making good points. All right. Let's see what we got. Thomas Sidebottom says, "Tim, what happened to protective custody? I mean, I really do get that cops can't really control the mob, but why do we just skip from protecting people from the mob and jump straight to arresting those the mob is targeting? Because American culture collapsed a long time ago. It was a suddenly then gra- it, was, it was a gradually then suddenly thing, but it used to be that people had scruples. It used to be that we didn't need laws for certain things because people were averse to doing mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. they would be ostracized or scared or feel bad." But now that we are a very internet-based society, and people don't talk to their own neighbors, now people just attack each other and lie, cheat, and steal, and don't care about culture or society. It's all just. There gimme, was an
2: incredible gimme. story the other week of of someone being sexually assaulted
1: on the yeah. t- train or whatever it was, and people filming it
0: instead yeah. of
2: doing something. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's right.
1: Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Crazy. They watched a woman for like a half an hour. I think it was mm-hmm. she was being raped by a guy. Was it actually? I mean, just actual rape. Like a, a guy actually grabbed a woman and went, raped her on a train, and people watched. That's the, that's the state. That's the state of things. All right. We got Falcon Laser says, Tim, are you going on Rogan when you're in Austin? If so, go down the rabbit hole on the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and have Jamie pull up Event 201. That'll be funny. But I think Joe knows more about that stuff than I probably do. I think he talks a lot about it. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but has he been oh, oh, sued by maybe. Klaus Schwab? That's mm-hmm. my, I'm gonna yeah. cut, hold on to that as a badge of honor. Yes. I am gonna be in Austin. Maybe I will. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. Well, I will say, um there's a lot of things we're doing. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of guests. We're gonna have, there's a lot of awesome people in Austin, you know. Like, uh, uh well, I'm not gonna say anybody because I don't want to assume that someone's gonna be on the show, but there's a lot of people in Austin who are really awesome. Yes. And we're gonna have them on the show. It'll be That's fantastic. Right. And then, of course, I'm gonna be going on other people's shows while I'm down there. I think in, I think December, then we basically have, holiday month. So I don't think we're gonna be doing any traveling. January, I think is Nashville. I don't know about February. March is Florida. June is New Hampshire. We have plans to send this mobile unit. I'm thinking like once a month, we'll do these trips and do special week shows in different areas. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, let's see. Slitherus says, come down to Worst Fest when you're in Austin. One hour south of new Braunfels, German food and beer festival. Let's get drunk. Ooh, that sounds fun. We're basically, we're going to have two days. We're going to have Sunday the 14th and Saturday the 20th, where we're going to be free to do not work related stuff, but like, I'm still going to be doing my show in the mornings and then Tim cast IRL at night throughout the whole week in our mobile studio. And then I'm going to be doing shows with other people in between. So, all right. Biological bootloader says Steve is on point. MSNBC manipulated his answer on direct questioning by state. The viral clip is from Cross, if I remember correctly. Mm. Interesting. Michael Volpe says, I believe the media is setting this up. So when Kyle's acquitted, there will be riots. I disagree. When during the Chauvin trial, I was like, the media is setting people up to be very disappointed. They're convincing everybody that the defense is doing bad. So that way, when Chauvin is acquitted, people will riot. Now I think I'm wrong. I think what they are actually doing was setting people up to accept the verdict. In the Chauvin case, the media kept saying Chauvin did bad. He did wrong. The defense is losing. Then when he was convicted, regular people went, justice was served. I read the news. They said the trial went bad mm-hmm. for Chauvin. I think right now we should, we should all be worried. The way the media is treating Kyle Rittenhouse is not to create riots. It's to create acceptance. They want regular people to hear the story about Kyle Rittenhouse from a biased perspective, assume he's guilty, then hear he was convicted and say justice was served. I no, think that's completely right. That's clearly the has been the narrative from the start. Yeah. Yep. That way, regular people who aren't paying attention won't ask questions. If the news came out that Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself and that the prosecution was failing, and then he gets convicted, a regular person might be like, "Wait, wait, what happened? I thought he was doing well in the defense. I thought those case was going well for him. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The media is priming people to accept that he will be convicted. But we'll see. We will see. Some people are saying they think the judge is taking things a lot more seriously than we expect. And interestingly, there's speculation that the judge isn't making any moves just yet, but that after the jury comes back out, if the jury rules uh, uh, not uh, rule, uh, finds him guilty, the judge will intervene and issue a directed verdict of not guilty. So basically what a lot of the analysts were saying is that the judge doesn't want to undermine the jury or the case. So he will give the jury the opportunity to rule not guilty. But if they find Rittenhouse guilty, even when the evidence suggests he was acting in self-defense, the judge will then intervene and issue a directed verdict overruling the jury. So basically like the safe bet now for the judges, give the jury their chance. And if I have to, I'll set this guy free. I don't know for sure though. We'll see who's got the, uh, um, the balls, the, the, the political willpower and the balls to stand up for what's right. Based ape says MSM are prepping the normies for the MAGA white supremacist gets away with mass murder narrative that comes next. Hoping more violence will ensue afterwards. Based obviousness. See, I I don't necessarily agree. I would have agreed, you know, but, uh, before the Chauvin trial, but as I already stated, I think they're prepping people to accept the verdict. So they, so that regular people don't question this. All right. Let's see. Jay Thompson says, I'm going to be fired from my job at the hospital soon because of our new vaccine mandate. You said, y'all hiring. I'm really good at editing. Also, can you refund my two blank chats I sent on accident? LMAO. I actually don't think we can. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, maybe we can. We can try. Um, as for hiring, we have jobs at timcast.com. Things have been a little slow in the past couple of weeks just because we all got sick, but, um, vaccine mandates are a bunk. Can I, can I ask you, does Fox have vaccine mandates?
2: No, it has. Um, I mean, I've, I don't know. They they have a testing or vaccine thing. I think so. It's
1: either you're vaccinated or you got to get tested. Yeah. So it's a vaccine mandate. Well, no, because you can get out of it by doing a test. I think that it when the average person can't afford to take time out of their day to go consistently get tested all the time, it's just coercion to mandate vaccines. Well, I think that you know, I I think that. In in a way,
2: the thing about the whole thing is that's so infuriating to me and illogical is that the vaccine mandate rests on the argument that actually it's in the public interest for everyone to be vaccinated because of the transmission point. Well, it just has nothing to do with that, right? We know that it the the vaccine. I mean, in my view is it it shows that you you can um, it prevents serious illness and death, but it does not prevent you getting COVID doesn't prevent you transmitting it there's no case for a mandate at all which is, the which testing, is why if you want be to actually stamp well, well hang on a second there's more of an argument for testing than for the, from the mm. from, than for the vaccine mandate because at least you could say with testing well you know there's a goal of stopping transmission and keeping outbreaks down testing actually is more justifiable and that's why I think what's outrageous about the federal thing that they're doing is that they're paying for they, 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 they're, you the vaccine is free but you have to pay for the test so I agree to that extent. So if you get so there's there's no logic to the, any kind of mandate. There there would be a logic to the testing. It's just like with the masks. I've you know there's no evidence that any of these stupid masks we'll have to wear in California. they still like everywhere masks make any difference. I mean, no, however, but, the N95 masks clearly do work. I mean, you know they've been so at least hold, hold if you mandate at least the, the n 95s
1: vent. So that's the, the the reason why the N95s don't make sense is that it might. The N95 protects you from incoming particulates, Yeah. but the concern with regular masks, and I don't understand why people don't seem to get this, is they don't want you spitting on people. That's that's all it is. When you talk, they don't want the droplets coming out. That's the joke we did about Fauci, about the droplets. That's literally what the mask is just protecting against. I think the problem is it's overt paranoia to an extreme degree. But if the droplet not
2: spread by droplets. How is it spread? Aerosol. It spread in the air. This is what's so ludicrous about the whole thing. The droplets thing was deep, like, like right in early days of the pandemic, like early months, was shown not to spread through droplets. It spreads through aerosol. That's why the whole mass thing is so insane. Because um, the, re- the and, and the, the 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 research they did on it showed that they're not. And, and that's why the social distancing. Is completely insane as well. Because the social distancing, the six feet thing, that's all droplet based. In other words, that's typically how, because they're heavy, they drop within six feet. But that's not how this virus is spread. It's airborne, and that, the, the, the aerosols travel I th- I thought, 30 feet. I, I
1: thought they said the inverse. No, I thought, f- I thought at first they thought it was airborne and then they realized that it was actually. Other way around. And
2: other way around. It's literally the other way around. That's why the whole cleaning surfaces thing is a waste of time. It's yeah. spread through the air. It can, sp- and it lingers for hours. They, there's one test they did where it, you know, it traveled more than 30 feet and you know, spent hours in the, in the place. They had to actually stop the experiment because they didn't have the room booked or something. And so the actual answer to this, if you wanted it, was, um, ventilation. Fans, all this stuff that, yeah, and it's just so infuriating that we've known that for over a year and it's still all this policy is based on stuff that just isn't, is not relevant to this particular virus. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, it's just, that's one of the things that drives me go, most uh, go, insane go, about the whole
1: thing. Going back to the, the mandate thing, I think if anything, uh, uh people who are vaccinated are the ones who need to be tested because if Yes, they're, saying, they're less
2: c- careful.
1: Well, it's not, it's not so much that is that they say that they're less likely to get it But if they do get it, they're equally likely to spread it. Yeah. So then you absolutely can't ignore people who could still get it and spread it. Completely. In which case, it makes no sense to be like, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to test. No, everybody should be tested if that's the case. Yes, exactly. It's a
2: glaring kind of incoherence about the whole policy.
1: Yeah. Well, let's read some more super chats. All right. Let's see what we got. Alexander Ramirez says, I think y'all should watch the new NYT YouTube video. Liberal hypocrisy is fueling American inequality. It's made by Johnny Harris, who was Vox, the best personality in my opinion. Really? That sounds surprising to come from the New York Times. Is
2: this the one? I just saw it today. I haven't watched it. Is it the one where it Let said, why, go? why, um, blue states are betraying liberal principles? Maybe that's a different headline. I just saw that as well. But, um, it was really about what, you know, basically things that we were talking about earlier. Why is it that some of the worst problems that you see in terms of poverty, inequality, you know, it all in places run by Democrats, you know, almost without any kind of interruption for years. Hmm. They just did, I, maybe that's the same thing. I just
1: saw that today. All right. Let's, uh, read some more super chats. Bro Cody says Alec Baldwin technically crossed state lines and shot a woman. That's true. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I've been mentioning this for a while, but I think the, um, the immediate assumption we should, we should be making now is that uh, Alec Baldwin did it on purpose. Hmm. The media lied about what happened at first. They said Alec Baldwin fired a blank. It misfired. It shrapnel hit the woman and injured her. Because of that, we all assumed it was an accident. From the accident narrative, we then worked our way up to the truth, which is Alec Baldwin with a loaded gun pulled it, pointed at a woman, and pulled the trigger. Yeah, but you're not saying he meant to... Yeah, I am.
2: But what? That doesn't
1: make any sense to
2: me. So Just knowing uh, the relationship, I mean, what, why, what, what's that? About? So let
1: me, let me, let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, let's say that there's a, uh, a boss. His employees are complaining about the working conditions at the, at the, at the company. One of the individuals meets with him privately over a dinner. A day or so later, the boss walks up, pulls out a loaded gun, points it at this person, pulls the trigger, shooting them directly in the chest, killing them nearly instantly. Would you assume that was an accident? Wait, I, but what's that got to do with this? What, I Alec don't... Baldwin was a producer in the movie. The crew had been complaining about horrible working conditions. Yeah. He had a private meeting with a cinematographer, and then a few days later, he pulled out a loaded gun, pointed it at her, pulled the trigger. A live round was ejected, striking her in the chest, killing her. Yeah, but that's a
2: crazy mm-hmm. way to handle that. If you, I mean, like that, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't passion I mean, murders are could...
1: passion murders?
2: But well, in front of every, I, I just don't.
1: On a movie set where he could claim it was an accident? Absolutely. Oh, oh no. Oh, geez. No, I totally,
2: that's, to me, that's like...
1: <laughs> so let's, let me ask you some uh, some legal questions. Uh, how, first, I'll ask you, how long has Alec Baldwin been doing action movies?
2: I, I don't know. Four anymore. decades. I don't really know. Okay.
1: Four decades. In his four decades, he's received extensive firearms training. This is, a, this is testified by several uh, character witnesses. This is literally in the news reports. Several witnesses stated they've worked with him on sets. He knows firearm safety. This means that if we're to believe it was an accident, Alec Baldwin was handed a loaded gun, ignored standard firearm safety safety training, ignored on-set safety training. It would mean the armorer who's trained in firearms accidentally put loaded bullets into it, handed it off to an assistant director who gave it to Alec Baldwin, who failed to check it, and then defied all safety protocols, pointing it at the cinematographer and pulling the trigger, killing her. All of those things would have to be true for that to be an accident. Or it could be the crew had been complaining on set. Alec Baldwin pulled out a a gun and shot the cinematographer.
2: But I just think that doesn't look, I don't know. Again, I don't really know. I think that's uh, bias.
1: I think you want to believe it was an accident, but there's no reason. It just
2: doesn't make sense to me that someone like him would do something like that to someone that apparently they were, you know, friends. Were they friends? the
1: The crew had been threatening to walk off set
2: yeah but there's a different thing i mean it, the, i i as i i mean i have she's again, a member of the crew i haven't followed the story that closely but what a couple of i just read a couple of pieces that's all i really haven't dived into it but one of them i read was that people uh that the the, the specific complaints that the, the crew walked walked off about were about the safety regime in it was operation. Uh, it was pay in other words it's not surprising and then they got another bunch of people in who weren't who were um would sort of do it in a in a more lax way because the people uh, were were not happy with the standards. Why, why would you so that make sense? Well, to so me. hold
1: on, hold on. Why would you assume the armorer who was actually trained in firearms was the one who made the mistake? That's illogical. But what, what, didn't didn't they leave and were replaced by no. some other crew? The, well, the, the, they had an armorer on set. It was a, a young woman who is the official person who deals with and is and is handling the firearms. Why would I assume that? two people made mistakes instead of just alec baldwin shot and killed a woman it is it is a bias among individuals but it's to Such lo- a
2: no, okay but, but because it's just on a human basis like if i again i don't know because i haven't i've read it i'm you know if, how many if, coincidences until you win wait, the lottery if you um if it's you know like she complained or what it seems like such a wild overreaction <laughs> you know to shoot it just doesn't make sense to me
1: well, we don't know about the, the private details, but in the absence of evidence, the answer that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be the correct one.
2: Well,
4: I don't think you can assume if there's no evidence. No one knows. The answer
1: that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be the correct one, which is what I said. You well, don't have to make an assumption, though. You're making an no, assumption no, no. Ian, that you are agreeing to with the me. girl. You, you
4: said that Alec Baldwin intended to murder
1: that girl? The, the the answer that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be the correct Which one. in this
4: case would be neither that he had wanted to kill her or that it was an act. You can't assume either because they're both assumptions. That's assumption equals one. That's too many assumptions to make. Let's make it... Let's make it... Uh, We're uh,
1: making the least amount situ- of assumptions. You're making one it. assumption. And that's the least. No, zero called... is the least. I- Ian. Occam's razor. Are you familiar with this? I think so, yeah. When we look at an, an instance in which a woman was shot and killed we have to first form a hypothesis as to how it occurred. The problem we had was the media lied about what happened and said it was a blank, that was a misfire, and shrapnel hit the woman. And it was only after the investigation we discovered that Alec Baldwin had a live round in a gun, pointed it at a woman, pulled the trigger, killing her. You need to approach it from a legal perspective, not a personal bias. I can't believe Alec Baldwin would do this. I read I read a legal analysis that said, when it comes to negligent homicide or involuntary manslaughter, these criteria must be met. And it fits all of it. I started reading this, and then news reports came out that the armorer says, I checked this weapon. There was no live ammo in it. They think a crew sabotaged the gun. That's actually one of the reports came out through Yahoo News, that someone sabotaged the gun so that Alec Baldwin would do this. The problem there for any investigatory body, any prosecutor would be, Why did Alec Baldwin point a gun at the crew member? That is a violation of all standard safety protocols. And he's got 40 years in action movies and training with firearms to know under no circumstances during movies, do you ever point a gun at a person and pull the trigger? Now, granted, I say 40 years, but it's really going back to the mid 80s when they formalized a lot of these rules because some dude on set pointed a blank at his head and blew his brains out because he didn't realize that blanks kill you. Alec Baldwin has decades of training. So ask yourself this question. Why did he point a gun at a woman and pull the trigger? That's the first question you should ask. Standard protocol is not to point a weapon at a person for any reason. Why did he do it? Then after you get there, you can say that must have been an oversight, which is a big oversight to make pointing a gun at somebody and pulling the trigger. How did the live bullet get in it? Now I have to assume that either there was a conspiracy to frame him, which would have required him to intentionally point a gun at someone to pull the trigger, which they can't make him do, and that the armor and the director made a mistake in providing a loaded gun to him. Those that, that is ridiculous to assume those things. That's These, insane. Go buy your lottery tickets right now because if that's the case, whoa, wow, this dude. I a think it's dollars.
5: more
4: likely I, I, someone sabotaged the gun than. Alec like Baldwin look, 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 wanted to thing, look, murder her in plain
1: sight. You know, I don't, I don't know about wanting to murder, but why did he point a gun at her and pull the trigger? Negligence. When you're
4: when you got the crew behind the camera they disappear to you while you're in the in the bubble of the the set. I think
1: the
2: whole it's speculating on it is just you know we weren't there. We don't know. There's an investigation going on. That's my point. It just feels like my, my point is Yeah, but I just none of it makes sense to me that, he, that I I just can't well that's whatever that's, that's I, I don't know you know i can find that's what i'm my saying advice. is i think it sounds crazy to me that he remove yourself I, from, my first instinct when i saw it was like you know re, real obviously you know like desperate for the family of of woman who died but also sympathy for him but like, what a terrible thing to have happened
1: that what to, i'm saying to feel is feel that guilt if the investigation is looking at this it should be approaching it from the first question of Alec Baldwin pointed a gun at someone and pulled the trigger with a live bullet in it. That's where they should start. They shouldn't be going, I want to believe it was an accident, so I'm going to no, start it's, from. It's the... a difference between
2: the people who are investigating it. I'm sure they will approach from that point of view and us sitting here with no real, you know, actual firsthand knowledge speculating. And I just think
1: that. So what well, I'm I... saying is, is simple. Right now, based on the evidence that's been released, if we ignore our bias, would suggest the the least amount of assumptions is that Alec Baldwin intentionally killed that woman.
4: I don't know. The assistant director telling him the gun was cold makes me not think that.
1: I just can't believe. Then two of people that. did it. I, I just it the, doesn't The, make the sense. fact the, the fact remains that nobody can answer the question. And and Ian, I'm sorry, your answer is not adequate. Al, you, they, they protocol on movies is you don't point the gun at the camera. You don't point the gun at people. Why were people standing by the camera? The idea that this was an accident is a series of assumptions. The idea that Alec Baldwin was like, I've been trained for several years on how to handle a gun, but I'm going to point it at these people because they're by the camera is, a, is is like five assumptions. Make the least amount. Alec Baldwin pointed the gun and shot somebody. I don't care what people want to believe about it. I'm saying the least amount of assumptions is starting with Alec Baldwin pointing a gun and pulling the trigger.
4: There are no assumptions there.
1: That is what He's, happened. Exactly. But whether or not he
4: wanted to, that's the assumption, which I can't make.
1: Well, so 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 the the fact remains, you start from that position, and then if you try to then figure out what happened, the first assessment you would make is, we know for a fact he pointed a gun at the woman and pulled the trigger. Now we're going to say, what happened and why? Why would you assume the first thing is someone accidentally pointed the gun at somebody and pulled the trigger instead of somebody wanted to point the gun at somebody and pull the trigger? How often does it happen that someone gets shot and killed, and it turns out the person was like, "I'm going to point this gun at them and pull the trigger"? Oh no, it was an accident that I shot them. Huh. That's a, that's a ridiculous assumption to make. the The more logical outcome is he intended to point but a gun. at Somebody he and pull was the handed
4: the weapon and told it was cold. That's Doesn't explain
1: why he pointed at it and pulled the trigger. It, it but I'm I to. i do not want to I don't want to beat a dead horse on this one. I definitely want to get to the members only segment. <clears throat> so I'll just grab a couple more super chats and don't forget to smash that like button. And I think y'all y'all heard my point on that. John Curry says not only that, but Baldwin's father was a firearms instructor who trained all of his children in firearm safety. Mm, really? Interesting. Couric nice. says not only did he pull the trigger, but the gun is a single action revolver. He had to cock the hammer before it would be able to fire. Ooh. That's a really good point I didn't consider. I didn't realize that old school rifles were single action. You couldn't just pull the trigger. You'd cock it back and then do it. Meaning, not only did he not check the weapon, not only did he point it at her, but he pulled the hammer back before pulling the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make assumptions about this by all, by all means. I think if you show people what happened and explain that, they will just be like, he killed that woman. Now he might not get murder for it, but involuntary manslaughter I think is a is if he doesn't get criminally charged, I will laugh. All right, let's see. Um we'll just read this last one for fun. Joseph Albacon says I never thought I'd see Tim and Ian disagree. And Tim sounds like the one who is Looney Tunes. The Alec Baldwin discussion is a first. <laughs> so
4: well, funny. There you go. Then you might want to tune into the after show. Yeah, tune into the
1: after show. Go to TimCast.com, become oh. a member. We'll have that uh, uh, published around 11 or so p.m. because we record it immediately after. And uh, smash the like button. Share the show with your friends. You can follow us on the show at TimCast IRL basically everywhere. Check us out on Instagram. We we post clips from the show on Instagram, and you can like them and help share them, and on Facebook and stuff like that. And you can follow me personally at TimCast. Uh, Steve, do you want to shout anything out?
2: Um, I'd love people to check out my podcast, especially anyone listening in California. We've got to fight back against the craziness. So I've got this little show, California Rebel Base. Please check us out. We've got lots of great conversations just getting started there. Is that on YouTube? It's on YouTube, um, all the platforms and on Twitter at CA Rebel Base. Nice. Awesome.
3: So I released a sponsor video today that was free for everyone that signed up on my email list. If you want to sign up on the email list, it is on enoughofcensorship.com, enoughofcensorship.com. I made a really interesting video about consciousness, energy, different dimensions, all on lukeuncensored.com. Hope to see some of you guys there.
4: That is the stuff I'm trying to get out of you here on this show. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's I go gotta be careful. Direction. You know, you
3: gotta, you gotta not just go fully down the rabbit oh, hole. you said a bunch I, of I words think, that got I, me wired. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, hey, you guys, thanks for coming. I'm Ian Crossland. I'm very happy to see you. Happy to be back. And I'll catch you later. And that's a great shirt, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. Exertus. Yeah. Oh, I think exertus.
5: Uh, I appreciate all you guys tuning in as we're getting this running again. I really think this little murder mystery discussion is really interesting. I guess we'll see what plays out, but I don't believe that justice will actually be served because the uh, person is a celebrity. So unfortunately, we'll just have to see what happens. We might never know the truth. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Lids.
1: We will see you all over at TimCast.com in the
0: member segment. Thanks for hanging out.
5: Bye, guys.